You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. We're back for season 12 and this is episode one. Uh, I'm John and... To kick off the season, we're doing a Premiership preview, which went down well last season, so we thought, why not, we'll go again. So, Scott, how you doing? You good? Hi, good, mate. Can't wait for the season to start. Normally, we're about six games in by this point, trying to qualify for Europe, or trying to no qualify for Europe, as it was last year, falling into Conference League, but I yeah, buzzing for this, mate. Buzzing for the season. What's European football? I don't know what that is this season. It's all, about the, it's all about the League Cup. Well, to be fair, mate, I wish we were actually in the League Cup because they had us something to play for in the summer. So do Hibs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry, have you got your paperwork to do, get in this podcast correctly, aye? I, I've not even spoken yet. I've been roasted already. I'm just going to stay muted for now. <laughs> Harry, Harry's only on because he appeared too many times last season, so we accidentally had to bring him back on. <laughs> I like how Harry blamed the Scottish FA. I like how Harry's team blamed the Scottish FA for everything, isn't it? I mean, can he walk out if a player suspended blame the Scottish FA? Isn't it? Levy, Levy are trying to take an assist for that, by the way, because we gave you our secretary who's in charge of that now at him, so <laughs> Done well, he's coming back now, isn't it? Mission done. I just think the dodgiest thing of this whole situation is Paul talking as if the SFA aren't they entirely incompetent anyway. Who are you calling incompetent? Aye, but not incompetent. Not a part you work in, Paul, though. It's just the other parts, isn't it? That's it. That's it. Well, no, I shred this stuff before it goes through. <laughs> um, right, who have we got? Jeff, how are you doing? Aye, yes, I was muted. That was perfect. Aye, yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, I've got glasses. I didn't know already, I thought. I've been working until like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> People just got pints loved up in the end. Fair enough. Uh, Laurie, we've heard from you already. How are you doing? You good? I'm very well, thank you. Good to be back on. I'm glad Harry's back as well. I missed him last time. Yeah, Harry, you were missed, weren't you? How are you doing, Harry? Uh, being honest, I think I was better before I started on the podcast tonight, but <laughs> no, I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me on. Good. Good to have you back. You uh, and how are you doing? You good? I'm all good, mate. My my team's managed to successfully negotiate their way into the last 16 of the League Cup. It's not for everyone in the top flight, but yeah, so in good spirits going into the new season. Good, plenty of digs already. Um, so a new person from the Premiership podcasts. No, you've been on a few times before. Neil, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, John. Thanks for asking me on. It's good to be back on. And um, even better to be talking about Komala, um after a season out. Um, a season's hiatus in the championship um, wasn't always the, the prettiest but we're, we're back where we feel we belong so nice to be back on thanks even better for Kelly to be back some folk might say it might not be pretty still by McInnes well possibly um, I, I mean we've we've signed nine players under McInnes so far pre-season so and, and I don't know I mean you'll obviously have seen a lot of his Aberdeen team, we I saw some of it as um as 
Kilmarnock locked horns with Aberdeen, um, mostly under Steve Platt. And I was, I mean, he's obviously signed Ash Taylor. He's 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 been open about his his preference being big physical players. He thought we were too lightweight when he took over. Signed Lafferty and Ash Taylor straight away, and that's kind of set the the tone. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it could necessarily be called direct football, but it got it got us, I think, twenty three points for twenty seven after after they settled and and we're back where we think we belong. So happy right. days. You feel effective. He is good. I, I like McInnes to be fair. Um, Andy, how you doing? You good? Yes, John. Keeping well, mate. Thank you very much for having us back on. And as always, it's great to be back uh, talking about Rangers, talking about football, and just having a laugh for the, the rest of the lads. Good stuff. Other Andy, how are you? You find your you find your flight all right to Sligo or Dublin or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's starting without its its troubles, but yeah, doing fine. Thank you very much. And you've got your you parked yet? Your mother old cats. Remember, I've told you how you parked. You don't need all. You're worried about parking. I, I did appreciate the the guidance that you gave me. That's been taken on board. But no, I've not done anything as yet. I thought it was pretty straightforward for a football trip. <laughs> you should there. be. Um, Ross, how are you doing? You good? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. Thank you for asking me back on. Looking forward to the season and and yeah, optimistic. I and even other. People are optimistic about Ross County this season as well, which is a bit of a change. Yeah, it's it's been weird seeing a lot of people's kind of like early season predictions and kind of us not being the relegation favourites and things like that. I think that we are still a couple of like bookies and stuff like that, but um, no, I think we're very optimistic up here. Aye, uh, the last two people we've got on tonight, I think they might be the teams that a lot of people are tipping to be to be struggling this season. The Saints, uh, Paul, how are you doing? <laughs> you know we're struggling. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm playing the Tony Fitzpatrick Joker card. We're we're top four. Isn't it? Isn't it? Honestly, we're flying. You just about you know, made just about made top four of your league cup group. Uh, just <laughs> it's, it's, isn't it? I mean, you know we're struggling. No, I don't. My son, my son said to me, he said, if I hear any negativity coming out of this room. He's charging in here to have a word with me, so um, nah, I'm I'm still quite confident we'll finish 12th, so I think we'll be all right. <laughs> um, and Nori, how are you doing? Oh, amazing, amazing. Yeah, we're, uh, we're looking forward to the inevitable top six finish. Couple of cup wins. So that would be nice, aye. aye. Um, this season's anything like last season, I'm taking up watching cricket, I think. I, well, I don't think we can watch cricket anymore because I think it's getting banned in Scotland. Um, Perhaps in Johnson should get banned in Scotland as well, the way we played last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always look forward to an Aberdeen play St Johnson. That, that's enough to get football stopped. No wonder. I think most teams do, to be fair. We've um, went on a signing spree of uh, over 30. Over 30 so if anyone's going to save us, having 35, 35-year-old defenders will Definitely do it. You're lucky Erin's not on because obviously she's got it about Andy Considine, but you probably finish your top scorer. He's got the tournament circle of the Titanic. Lone goals. Uh, goals are top goal scorer. What's that? Lone goals. Is that what we're going with? It's top goal scorer. We've got the time. What's a top goal scorer? What's that? <laughs> Double figures and goals. I look for. 
Um, right, okay. Where else should we kick off the actual stuff? Maybe Andy, seeing as you guys have played an actual proper competitive match and you've got a flight to catch and get packed and all that. So, Andy, Motherwell, what are you thinking so far? Wow, this is going to be a properly happy start to the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> uh, that was a disaster last Thursday, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I've, and I've been pretty consistent on the way that Graham Alexander's played since the start of last season, to be perfectly honest with you. It's been very, very attritional. And while it got results in the first half of last season, still only won three games since Boxing Day. It's been a a downward curve ever since, really, to be honest with you. I don't feel that recruited particularly well. I was quite pleased to see Blair Spittle come in, mind you, but I don't feel that we've strengthened the areas of the pitch that we needed to. Um, we went into that game last Thursday night on the back of only two pre-season friendlies, one which was against an Austrian side that seemed to have next to no pedigree. Uh, the other one, 90 minutes on a difficult surface at Fir Hill. I just think we went in very underprepared. And now we've got a situation where we had the worst case scenario to happen on Thursday night. I think there's no way back for Graham Alexander, to be perfectly honest with you, which is a, a really difficult situation to be going into your opening league game in. I think he does have some credit in the bank, given that we finished fifth last season. But really, it's, it's been a dreadful, dreadful 2022, and I, I can't see it turning around for him. The fans have already been quite vociferous in their uh, reaction to him. It seems like there's there's no real divide within the support. It's very much a kind of Alexander out vibe just now. What's the reason for the lack of signings then so far? Do you know? Uh, it's, it's a very good question. I, I don't think we've had to we've required the massive overhaul that we've had in, in previous years. Under Stephen Robinson, it was always the case that you'd see wholesale changes to the squad every year. We've not lost a big player like we've had in, in previous years, um, but we still have lost depth to the squad. Um, so I, I don't really understand why we've been so slow in getting players in. We've had that extra time as well where we've not been involved in the League Cup. But, yeah, nothing, nothing's really happening. And with two days to go until the, the second leg, I think you can confidently say there's not likely to be anybody that comes in before the trip to Ireland. So you're not confident then about Thursday, basically? I don't, I don't know if it's necessary. I don't, I don't think that uh, Sligo are any great shakes by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think that we with an extra week in the legs, we might have enough to get through that. But it's more the optimism going into the season. It's just non-existent, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, at least you've got low expectations. You can only be uh, impressed, maybe, by what they do. Never know. Yeah, I, I, I guess, and I suppose you look at the likes of St. Martin, St. Johnston, uh, Hibs going out of the, the Premier Sports Cup in the group stages. That maybe is the only kind of we bit of solace for us in the last couple of weeks that some of the other uh, premiership sides have struggled in the opening couple of weeks. But I still think, for talking sake, Sunday we play St Martin in the opening day. I would imagine that they'll be, by this point, ready to go. Whereas Graham Alexander's coming out and saying oh, no, we still no. need another five. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Oh, okay, right. Don't worry. I'm, I was just googling the actual for the number for the Samaritans for you and then for me. <laughs> it could be, it could be quite an occasion. I, I was. I thought. I thought water shut down was on there. I was starting to start to well up there for you, Andy. You know what I mean? You're playing in Europe. I can't even get on the red wine you're again. Playing Europe, the map. It's. It's just, it's just the standard that we've been seeing for the last year is just horrendous. And I, I suppose you'll possibly be seeing the kind of second coming of half our team as well just now. So it's uh, well, it's going to be a, a game of familiar faces on Sunday. We'll, 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 we can maybe do a bit of swap deal into it. We'll give you Keith Lasley back, you'll give you Graham Alexander. We can, you know, I mean, we can just keep swapping between teams. We're interchangeable heads. It's, uh, it's crazy, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I, I just... Went into Thursday night feeling real optimism. It was a it was a great atmosphere inside Fur Park for the first half an hour or so. But my God, it turned. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was a hard watch, and I, I do still think we'll have enough come Thursday night. And I hope that it doesn't come back to bite me. But yeah, there's a lot of improvement needed between now and Thursday. So we've got forty eight hours. Right, and uh, at least there's, there's plenty of pubs in Sligo. At least you'll get a good <laughs> night out to cheer yourself up. <laughs> That's every, every cloud and all that. Uh, <laughs> I definitely look forward to the trip. Don't get me wrong. It's uh, and then, well, the next round we've uh, potentially get Sparta Prague. Uh, so it was all looking so rosy. There was supporters booking up trips to Prague and everything else. They drew their first leg, nothing each. We get beat one, nothing. So it's uh, still looking great. You sound like Kilmarnock. <laughs> I, 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 exactly I was one of the idiots bringing it all flung back. I was <laughs> booked up for Belgrade. You know, I was one of the... I didn't go. I was just... It was all-time football law. Just laid a state of moment. No kidding. There was, yeah. a, there was a fair few Kilmarnock fans that... We're warning as well ahead of the situation not to, to book up any flights. Uh, thankfully, I've got no faith in my team, so I didn't book. But, uh, yeah, I think a few might have been bitten by that. It reminded me so much, Andy, like we were so buzzing that night, the home game against the uh, Connors Key Nomads, you know, and it was and just the performance. I didn't see um, your performance, but it sounds just like exactly the same thing. So much optimism, so much. Uh, rugby part was absolutely buzzing. And then, just the, the all-time low for all of us. I mean, I think that's a sentiment shared by, I mean, I think, was it maybe 300 went, still went in the end? Um, don't quote me, but... Um, no, that I went, video I, from the penalty was great at that game. Oh, oh no! My goodness. Booked up for Belgrade and everything! <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I feel for you, Andy. It's not over yet, but it's, uh, yeah, there's certainly a a big performance required and I, I think it is a game that he needs to win to save his job I really do Right on that uh, positive note uh, remember we did the predictions last year and everyone was battling for 8th place that was actually where you predicted Motherwell would finish last season we finished higher where are you going this year? where are you finishing in like? I would take 10th right now Is that your prediction then? 10th? Well, I stick with that. Yeah, I'm going for 10th. Right, okay. Right, who else is in Europe? Jeff, you're in Europe, aren't you? I saw about little beliefs that. 
But I, I, yeah, we are. We will be for at least one game. That's the main thing. Well, two games. But oh, yeah, well, I was at home away, didn't I suppose? Eight. <laughs> uh, we'll get eight if we get past fucking. No, we've got at least eight. I mean, ah, no one cares. No one gives a shit. And uh, um, uh, no, that model, although United are trying to rob people blind to get to the game. Uh, no, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm not a hundred percent sure how I feel about Jack Ross. Not that I think he's a bad manager. It's just every time it seems to be a big game, Jack Ross seems to not do very well. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to look at Harry's reaction to. To that. I rewatched. This is how bad it was. I rewatched that mad something till I till I die documentary the other day with Jack Ross's season. And you're like, oh, it does really well, and then he gets to the big game. You're like, ah, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> to Jack Rossed it, but um, no, nah, we've done all right. To be fair, we signed signed semi decent players. The Dan Levitt one is just intelligent because of the fucking because of the World Cup stuff. So if he gets to play at the World Cup, the pace of the transfer itself and. Um, it's only a two-year contract, so I'm assuming United are banking them, having a good season, and selling them on, and having made the money back for the World Cup. So I get that; that's a good bit of business, I think. The Stephen Fletcher one, apart from what Tamak Manas said, because Tamak Manas licks windows, um, it, he, he is a, <laughs> a relatively that's a relatively good sign for United, I think, because um, we could only find one player slower than Mark McNaughty, and that turned out to be Stephen Fletcher. So sticking on sticking on brand. Um, no, I think it's quite optimistic to be fair I'm quite looking forward to it apart from being robbed blind for the ticket uh, and as everyone's just said there United's fans a lot of them have already booked in for Amsterdam banking on it being AZ Outmar and it's only a 1-0 lead going at the second leg so I'm not that brave yet I did that once in the past and I'm going to fucking pay 500 quid to get to Athens instead so uh, it'll, be a good, it'll be a good season also, I'm looking forward to seeing a keeper that can actually save a goal, and that'll be interesting after that friendly. Thanks to that Ericsson boy. He'll never be seen again. Standing halfway up our broth road for a back pass. You're much more optimistic than you were last year. Oh, yeah, because I'm not going to watch that crap. Honest to God. How that boy got a job in... How that boy got a job into, in Hungary. Progressive football nation that it is, is beyond me. Tank courts, murderable. Right, so, where, likes to defend. That's better. <laughs> so, where are Dundee United finishing their season? Based on the fact that I don't think Jim Goodwin's a particularly good manager, so I don't think Gabardine will do very, very well this season. The fact that St Johnston can't buy a win, uh, Smirren are playing as Motherwell reserves, and Motherwell are playing worse than their reserves. I, don't know, I think top six is very, very confident in the top six. I've got no idea about him, so that's the one I'm interested in. I've got no idea whether Lee Johnson will be good or not. I don't think Harry's got any idea, you know. Where I don't do you think anyone him? does. Whereabouts top sets are you going? Uh, we'll go fifth. That seems like a safe bet. Like yeah, you have to yeah. send my predictions in, to be fair. And then Laurie. Dude. Yes, present. <laughs> <laughs> It's all because Aberdeen basically you're getting like all these games, isn't it? What? Because uh, in Europe, it's just luck of the draw that we happen to actually get back to being half decent this season, where group stage football was guaranteed. I mean, so that's the way the cookie crumbles, isn't it? Uh, you excited about the season? 
I am, yes. I think we've done reasonably well in the transfer market on paper so far. I mean, obviously, it's always a little bit of an unknown when you sign players from from other countries or other or other divisions. But I think we've done pretty well. I think there's still three more that Robbie Nielsen's looking at. I have a feeling he might leave some of the business till later in the window now, see how certain players that he maybe thought were squad players will do, see if a couple of the younger boys can step up. And also you often get a bit of a better deal when you get to right at the end of the window if a club really needs to get rid of someone. Um, I guess my big concern for the season is managing, as, as much as I'm looking forward to having eight games in Europe, um, it is unchartered territory for us to be playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday that often. So I feel there will have to be a little bit of patience from the fans first half of the season. Um, although I'm confident we'll have a reasonable season overall, I wouldn't be surprised if come the midway point that we're not doing as well as the fans would like. And being Hearts fans, they would obviously like us to be miles clear at the top of the table. So they're likely to be pissed off whatever happens. Um, but no, I think um, building on last season, we've not really lost many players. The only kind of first pick we've lost is Ellis Sims going back to Everton and John Suter going to Rangers. Um, I think we've recruited well in terms of defence. Kai Rolls looks a good acquisition. Uh, obviously, the like um, like we were talking about with Dundee United, Jeff was saying, uh, Australia get into the World Cup will hopefully pay dividends given we're signing half their potential team. Um, but Kai Rolls looks a right prospect. I've been impressed with him to step into the defence. Um, Alan Forrest seems to be a sensible signing. I don't think he's been signed as a first pick 11, but looks like he's got a point to prove. Um, Ewan might be able to give me a better idea of exactly how he plays week in, week out, because I've not seen him on a regular basis. Uh, Alex Cochran, good deal to get him signed permanently. English Championship, we're looking for him, but we managed to get him for, I think, about 150 grand, which is pretty good business. Uh, George Grant looks like the right type of player to sign at his peak. Did well in English League One, couldn't quite step up to the Championship, so hopefully we'd be able to do well in the Premiership. And then, I guess, the marquee signing, if you will, is Lawrence Shankland arriving, who I have to say, when he was first rumoured to be linked with us for half a million quid, a month back or so, I have to say I didn't. I wasn't overly enamoured by the, the 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 kind of prospect of it. <clears throat> but when I did a bit of reading and looking into his stats for Dundee United in his in his Premiership season, um, there was a really good analysis from a United fan who does it, um, who basically said that part of the reason he didn't score as many goals that season was because Mickey Mellon didn't like attacking. He got punted into wide areas of midfield, um, and when you looked at his stats, he was actually pretty pretty decent he got a one in four goal ratio that season so pretty happy with him got a couple of goals against Stoke at the weekend so yeah I I think we're in for a decent season I'm just a bit concerned about us managing those kind of those workloads the schedules Hi, in terms of squad size so do you think you'll finish as high as third this season I think so um like I say I think come, I wouldn't be surprised if January, if, if it's tight or if we aren't in third at that point because of the sheer number of games we're going to have to play. I think December is mental. There's like a period we have to play before the, obviously the World Cup. There's like a period of like six weeks. We have to play 10 games or something. Um, so, and obviously we don't know what kind of games we're going to get in Europe. We could be in the conference. We could be in the Europa League. If you're in Europa League, you could be talking, we could be getting run rings around us 
on Thursday night against some pretty big opposition and then pretty coming into a Sunday game with the heads down. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't have as good a first half of the season as last campaign. I guess my big challenge is I don't see some obvious teams really gearing up to have a great season. Aberdeen are the ones to me I think will possibly be up there and do well. I think Jim Goodwin, a lot of people disagree on this. I think he's a solid manager. I don't, you know, I think he's in that Robbie Nielsen, Jack Ross, Derek McInnes mould. I I don't think Aberdeen will be bad. Whether he'll ever kick Aberdeen on to where the fans um, or Dave Cormack wants to be, I have my doubts, but they've spent quite a bit of money. A few of the players I have no idea about because they've, I've never heard of them until this, this transfer window. So I'd expect them to be up there. I think Dundee United have recruited pretty well. Um, I like Dylan Levitt. I think he looked a cracking player. I would have been delighted if we'd went in for him. Stephen Fletcher is obviously like 74 now, but he knows he knows the league. He's an experienced player. But other than that, like Hibbs, as much as I would I'll enjoy having a wee laugh at Hibbs. When he came in, bit of an unknown Lee Johnson, when they made quite a few signings, again, a lot of unknowns. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Hibs. Are they going to be terrible? Are they going to be great? Are they going to be someone in between? Right now, I feel like there'll be someone in between. So by that argument, I think we will be third, but I think fans will have to show a bit of patience. Okay, fair enough. Right, the other two in Europe, obviously, Celtic and Rangers. Andy, you up first, seeing as you're to play in Europe, first of all. What are you thinking so far in terms of the summer? Uh, it's hard to tell, you know, it's the same with, I think, a lot of teams, John. Uh, you, you can never judge too much on pre-season. As, as much as you want to win every game, be it competitive or friendly games or whatever you want to call it, it's all about getting players, match fitness and getting player new players used to the style of play and stuff like that. So you can't really buy into too much pre-season wise. But from what I've seen from the the new players that's come in, uh, you know, the likes of Matondo, uh, Tom Lawrence, Cholak, in, in my opinion, uh, they've, they've been fairly impressive. But as I say, you, you don't want to be getting too excited because it's it's pre-season as well. So it's it's a big season ahead uh, for the club, uh, obviously given the disappointment uh, in the league and also... In the Europa League final last season, we we uh, need to start well and and obviously go the season and and f- hopefully finish well too. But uh, it'll be a long season, you know. Who knows how far or how short we may go in European football this season? I, I honestly don't know. That's that's not overconfidence, not lack of confidence. It's just you just don't know. I mean, the last time we played in the European final was in two thousand and eight. And we were knocked out by Kaunas in the in the Champions League qualifier. Uh, the 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 following the following season. So, yeah, we we need to get off to a good start uh, in the league. That's for sure. And and obviously, given the Champions League qualifier against the the Belgian side coming, it'll be uh, new signings and and stuff will have to hit the ground running. Aye, I think though it's a tie. You should probably win. Yeah, I would like to think so, yes. But again, we possibly should have won the, the tie against Malmo last season. And you can never be too confident going into, especially European games, against opposition you haven't really heard of. You know, 
the, the Motherwell uh, tie, for example, in all honesty, should should be beating Sligo. And it's no disrespect to Motherwell or Sligo, but Motherwell should be beating Sligo, you know, comfortably, in, in my opinion. And uh, obviously they didn't, you know, there's still one game left, but uh, you, you don't want to, you know, get your hopes up and, and be overconfident against uh, sides like that. Do you think there'll be much more business coming in? I've seen speculation about a few players going out, but any more players coming in, do you think? Coming in, uh, not really. I think on Broncos said at the weekend, once we signed Yelmaz, which we did yesterday, uh, that there won't be any further signings unless players go out. And I think all Rangers fans would uh, agree with me when I say that the squad is very, very heavy. You know, and I think we need to look at moving. Is that just Manelis? <laughs> um, yeah, it could be at the moment. That's some of himself, you know. But um, no, it's there's a, there's a lot of players there that either need to be put out on loan or or somehow try to be sold. Uh, and and if bids do come in for certain players, we have to obviously look at it and, and see what the valuation is. And if if the bid's right. Then, then we sell them and, and replace them with similar or better quality. What's the deal with Ryan Kent? Because he's only got a year left in his deal, hasn't he? No talk about yeah. it. Yeah, so the, we've known this from last season. That with, that similar to the Aribo thing, you need to get the likes of Kent and, and Morelos on, on new deals because they're two of the, the bigger players, so to speak, within the club. And... Um, Talk from the manager again, and and certain fans in the know would be that talks are ongoing for new contracts for Morelos and also Kent. So I'm hoping, and I would like to think that it will be uh, an agreement reached fairly soon uh, for both Kent and, and Morelos. Just need to wait and see. Probably a daft question: Where's Rangers going to finish in the league? <laughs> Yeah, um, I think my answer is going to be similar to the next person who's going to speak as well. But uh, I'm hoping first place, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to go for first place. But uh, again, it's it's you're speaking with your head on your heart as well. But it's it's a big season for Rangers, uh, given as I say the the disappointment of last season. But it's also another big season for for Celtic as well. You know, the the to try and retain the title. You know, we, we were in similar position last last season as well, you know, to try and retain the title. So it'll be, be an exciting season for, for all the clubs, should I say, no matter what what level you're you seem to be think your team's playing at it. Uh, I do agree that the the league is progressing, not just Rangers and Celtic, but but other teams uh throughout the league. And I know probably most of the lads on here will probably disagree that teams are progressing, but Believe it or not, the the league is is going up. If only we just had a better organisation of things with the the SFA, but that's that's for another conversation. No offence, Paul. Oh, but, my uh, league. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm going to go predict uh, first. Okay, I thought that would be the case. Um, a couple of good comments in the chat that Harry and uh, Paul thought they were up next when we we're talking about who's going to win the league, and you said I. They'll speak next, uh, but Scott, um, how are you doing? Excited about the season? 
Aye, definitely, mate. Well, I think the league's going to be a bit of a challenge this year because obviously we're going to be winning the Champions League by the end of the season, but the league will then just take secondary to that, do you know what I mean? But uh, <clears throat> to be honest, mate, if I want to talk about transfers and stuff like we've been doing already, a lot of people are kind of getting stuck into Celtic for what they think is standing still. But we've brought in boys, obviously, Cameron Carter, Vickers and Jota. They they had to be signed. They they were excellent for us last year. It's continuity in the side. I still think we are going to buy another couple of boys in. Um, but the biggest transfer business we've done is we've got rid of a lot of dead wood for the season, in my opinion, because obviously you had Paul and Golly sitting there who would have been on very, very good wages. Um, and the same with Barkas as well. Two massive signings in the year that we're going to try and win the 10th trophy, but <clears> the <throat> 10th title. But let's be fair, we'd already won nine. We're the second team to win nine trophies in the Scottish League. Um, but I'm quite, I'm quite excited for it, mate, to be perfectly honest. We normally get a good start at the start of the season when we play at home to Aberdeen as well. Aye, really, the, aye, aye. the only team that we seem to get attacking to all the time aye, until we're playing Patodre. We just roll over to you, remember? Oh, I just lie down all the time, mate. Um, no, but see, to be perfectly honest, it's been a while since I've seen Champions League football at Celtic Park and I actually can't wait for it, but you know what it's going to be like as well. Um, you're going to pull out that top-seeded team and you're going to get a doing. <laughs> Always happens in recent times anyway. But I think we can, we'll be able to give ourselves, a, we'll be able to give a good account of ourselves throughout the season if we stay with what we've got now. I think something we touched on last year because we spoke about Europe um, and Ange obviously doesn't look to have a plan B or an alternative way of playing. Is it going to just be like Brendan Rodgers all over again? Well, I'm trying to remember who it was. One of the players came out just a couple of weeks back and says that they're actually trying to adjust the way they play for a better better side, different opposition. And the basis of what we, what the, the way Celtic play will probably stay there. But there'll be they'll obviously have to make tactical changes if you are playing up against a a PSG or a Real Madrid or whoever would they pull at the hat. But see to be fair, the way that their season went last year, I think it was was it twenty games on unbeaten or something like that or some for the season see whatever Ange decides to do fill it behind them because he's perf- performed miracles last year the absolute dross that he got left with the season before miracles come on <laughs> mate let's be fair if you look at that Neil Lennon side that was left there was a lot a lot of deed wood there a lot he, of deed wood he did well but Miracles with a fucking gargantuan budget over everyone in what is a two-horse race. You got you can't use that word. Come on now, mate. Let's be fair. We should have still have beat you as the first game of last season and all, but we've no talk about the SFA as well. They have. Ah, you fucking got beat by hearts. About five percent of your budget. Aye, rotten. Miracles gone right there. <laughs> yeah, see see how you're saying miracle from going second to first. If Hibs get a top six finish after finishing eighth, is that a miracle as well? Going by your preseason, Harry, I would say aye. <laughs> Harry, Aber- <laughs> Aberdeen almost got relegated. If they get top six, it'll be like the second coming of Christ. It'll be an open bust. We'll have an open bust here. 
I'm actually got to be tipping hips to get relegated anyway, so let's not talk about that, Harry. <laughs> um, so a couple of players still to come in. What do you think in terms of players? What, what positions? Midley Park, mate. I think they need to strengthen up in the Midley Park um, and get another centre-half in. Apart from that, the only reason we're looking at a centre-half is we're playing Stephen Welsh now there because Starfield's are injured. He obviously doesn't trust Julian and neither they are because... As much as he's a big six foot seven lumpy boy, that's who he is. He goes down like he's doing like a wee blouse. He's he's no up there for me. He's never missed when he was there. There was the kind of games that he would rise rise to the occasion, but when he did play against teams like Ewan's team, if he played against Livingston, he backed down for a hard challenge. He just like he liked the limelight, he liked the camera, I think. Okay, and again, daft question, but where are Celtic finishing the league? Um, God. Uh, as I say, I, it'll be hard when we're going to win the Champions League, right enough. But uh, I'll say we're going to finish first. Right, you finish first, right? Okay, right. No surprise. Can I just say something else before we go? Show us how dedicated to the cause me and Andy actually are. We're only two people to wear our club colours onto this podcast tonight. It's because most of the clubs haven't got their kits out yet. So, like, <laughs> to to be I, fair, we only released our home one yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> my, beard, my beard is the same colour as my team now. <laughs> I was saying before the podcast starts, I was looking at the Aberdeen talks and announced, and you're thinking, brilliant, they look nice. When are they out? 4th of August. I was like, all right, after the season starts. Good one. Also, to be fair, none of us, the rest of us all fully grown adults are not glory hunting. So, what can we say? What can we say? Oh, that's what we like. Shots fired and all that type of thing, right? Uh, rounded up the top six from last year, then uh, a bit of a surprise to most of us and probably Ross County fans. Ross, how you doing? I'm good, thank you, yeah. Um, I think we're uh, quietly optimistic of another successful season um, and potentially repeating a top six push. Um, the I think we've signed really well. Um, I guess the the biggest thing at the end of last season and coming into this season was replacing the the goals and the creativity of uh, Charles Cook, Hungbo and Spittle as well. And I think we've done that. Um, I know it's it's difficult to um, gauge it just now from just the League Cup. Um, there's creativity and there's pace there. I would say... It might be a it might be a bit early to to say it, but I think the the wingers that we've taken in in Woodrow Edwards, William McKeo, um, Kasim Malagby, and Josh Sims, there's more there's more depth there, but I would say the quality is probably the same as, if not potentially better than Charles Cook and Hungbo. Um, so I think last season the worry was if one of those two had gotten injured we would have been in a bit of trouble kind of pushing forward. So there's depth there. Um, I think the squad as a whole, um, we've improved the quality on. There's definitely at least two players in each position for um, from uh, back to front that um, can compete. And, you know, uh, coming off on the bench, there's as good quality on the bench as there is in, on the pitch. So that's a difference from last season as well. I think we're still probably a centre-half light um, but then, other than that, I think we're we're in a really good, really good place just now. One thin ploy from Ross County, and it was the same last year. Most of the signings that were made 
I don't think many folk knew who they were, which is just one of those things that happens in Scottish football. Who's your one in particular that you've been impressed by in pre-season? It's it's tricky to say actually because I think Awuda Edwards is going to be one to look out for. He's he's a right winger, left winger. Um, he's got pace. He's tricky. He scored two goals the weekend. The second one was a goal of season contender already. Um, but I guess looking to looking to the Canadian Premier League, which we did this summer, the the brothers um, William McKeel and Victor Latuti. Um, they're they look very, very, very good. Um, Latouri's a, a central midfielder, looks very calm on the ball, plenty of energy. And Akio just made his debut um, on Saturday for about 60 minutes before he had to come off injured. It, it looks like he's tweaked his knee, so that's a bit of a worry. But um, he's strong, he's quick, he's got, um, I think he ended up with two assists or three assists um, on Saturday. So, um there's there's definitely a few gems I think that we found, and the good thing is uh, Latouri and Akio are signed on permanent deals, whereas Edwards is up on a loan deal. So I think that's another change from last season is that we had like six people on loan last season, compared to right now we've only got the three. So a lot more permanent deals coming in. Right, it gives you stability as well if you want to try and progress and go definitely. move forward. Um, so you said you reckon top six again? Whereabouts in the top six do you think? Um, I think it'll be. I th- I think we're going to aim for sixth and then once the split hits, it's then just going to be kind of going from there. Um, I guess it's going to depend on I guess, uh, the other teams around us, how they're going to strengthen and how they'll perform during the season. But I think and this season, we've definitely got a lot more quality in the squad that we could achieve top six well within our own merits um, compared to last season where I think it was looked at at a time. It was because obviously Hibs had a poor season, Aberdeen had a poor season. But I think there's there's quality there um, in the squad to, to do it. Right, cool, fair enough. Um, right, okay. So who have we got? Ewan. Lovely finish seventh, didn't they? Yeah. Indeed Excited about the season. Yeah, I think this season in comparison to last year, we've got a bit of continuity for a change. If you look at our kind of regular starting 11 last year, the main players we've lost have been Alan Forrest and Odin Bailey. Bailey went back down to Birmingham and obviously Forrest has gone to Harps. But so for the first time since we've probably come up in the top flight, we've not had our squad kind of decimated over the course of a summer, which makes a big difference, I think. So I was actually chatting to Davey yesterday about it and he said it's made a big difference because we also had a big overhaul in the backroom team as well last summer. So I think accounted quite a lot for a slow start. But, yeah, I mean, I fancy us to definitely stay up because I know we only got through by the skin of our teeth in a League Cup group, but, you know, we did play with 10 men for large portions of two games and uh, we did actually get through, unlike some teams. But I, I fancy I fancy us to probably finish seventh again. I think if you look at, like, Aberdeen have spent a lot of money uh, you'd expect Aberdeen to improve. Surely couldn't he finish 10th again? I fancy Hearts, again, very good squad. And Ross County could be probably the surprise package again, given a lot of the players that have come in. It's similar to our signings this summer, a bit unknown. So you don't really know what quite to expect from them. It'll probably take a couple of months before you get a good idea. 
But uh, yeah, I, I fancy us to to be fine again this season. I trust Davy. Uh, well, we'll certainly have us pretty safe uh, as the season goes on. Um, likewise, I've asked some of the other guys. In terms of your new signing, who are you most excited about? Probably our new goalkeeper, which novelty we announced on the pitch on Saturday in front of like 500 folk uh, <laughs> in our game against Kelty Hearts, but brought in Shamal George from Colchester, who Davey was saying for goalkeepers under the age of 25 had some of the best stats in Europe. But for us, albeit it would be a nominal fee, but we've we've paid money for him and given him a four-year deal. I think if you look at our goalkeeper situation, we've not had, a, I would say, a consistent number one since Liam Kelly was at the club before he moved down to QPR. We've had a lot of players come in on loan, like Sarkic, McCrory, you know, and Strijet last year was probably number one because of circumstances more than anything. I mean, he, he gifted Aberdeen points early doors in the season, and I'm almost certain he's probably gifted everyone and your team's on the call a goal at some point last season. But So I think the goalkeeper's a big one. As I say, the rest of them, it's... It's a bit of an unknown. I mean, we signed Jamie Brandon from Hearts, Goncalves, who's got previous in Scottish football with, with Hearts and St Mirren, but uh, I think the, the nicest way of putting it, he looks a bit off the pace just now. Uh, he's carrying a little bit of timber, so it'll be a wee while before I think he's up to speed. So probably probably Shamal George, who we've signed from Colchester, is the, the pick of the bunch, and I think that'll help us certainly eradicate a few of the blunders from last season. So in terms of for yourselves, where do you think you'll finish? I'll go seventh. seventh. I'll go seventh, just missing out on top six probably again. But, uh, I mean, any season we're in the top flight, I think we've got, in the four years we've been in the top flight, I think we've got the best points per spend uh, gained in the league. So any season that we finish 10th and above is success. So I'd, I'd happily take 10th right now, but I think we'll finish seventh. I definitely like. So Andy, Motherwell Andy has got a question for you, Ewan. Uh, Andy, do you want to ask him? It was a, yeah, it was a story I had heard at a pre-season friendly a couple of weeks ago that the Livingston media man outran uh, Guncalves in pre-season training. I have been reliably informed by said media man, Dave Black, that that is true. He recorded a better 5K <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah that uh, puts into perspective what I was saying my kind way of putting it that he's maybe a little bit off the pace just now but uh, I mean he managed to miss a boy twice trying to kick out of him up at Cove the other day as well so uh, he's uh, he's got a he's got a bit to prove I think but yeah as I say our signings this summer it's more gambles than I think we've probably made before in terms of guys coming from abroad. We've dipped into the Aussie market as well, like I think every team in Scotland's attempting to do now. Brought a boy Philip Kinkar from Western Sydney Wanderers who did really well at the weekend. But ah, eh, that is that is true, Andy. <laughs> you really wanted it to be true. That's great. <laughs> uh, the Australian market makes market makes sense because, like, straight away, speak the language. Plenty of Aussies here should manage all right. Yeah, I mean, the lad looks looks pretty decent as well. He got a goal at the weekend, granted it was against Kelty Hearts and he was playing out of position at left-back, but centre-half, so and he's, I think, 21, so potential opportunity for us being a bit, bit of a selling club and trying to move guys on. Money that we pay, they'll get much better offers elsewhere, so if he has a, 
a good couple of seasons, whereas I'm sure he'll get a good move elsewhere. Yeah. Right, okay. We're all waiting for this. Harry, how are you doing? You good? I can unmute. There we go. Um, I, I'm all right. Uh, I think I'm as confused about Hibs as everybody else in the chat is, and I'm going to try and dissect that for you as all just now. Right. Um, See, before that, I'll ask a question. How many managers are Hibs going to have this season? Oh, we've got one. He's, he's sticking all the way through. And and let me tell you, let me tell you why. It's going to be right. glorious. So, um, start of pre-season, we had some friendlies over in Algarve, because why not? Left Dylan Tate, probably our best youth player in Scotland for no reason. Um, looked pretty good in the friendlies against Burton and whatever irrelevant English club that we played. And then came the League Cup, absolutely battered Clyde. And then obviously we got pumped by Falkirk and pumped by Morton and ended up getting knocked out because we couldn't um, sign the right thing on a bit of paper and realise that Rocky Bashiri shouldn't have been playing. But we played Norwich at the weekend and we played pretty well. So what my theory is, is we're going to do the flip of what Hibs normally do was it and not the Norwich was... reserves because they played their strong team against Celtic the day before? All right, that is attitude. I didn't ask for Laurie, so we're <laughs> going to ignore that for now and I'm going to continue. Um, but I, so what I'm thinking is this season, so the likes of Aberdeen, Celtic, Rangers, that wee team that Laurie supports, they're all getting pumped. But the likes of um, Livy, uh, see the thing is though, like the good thing for Hibs, I think the bad teams in the league are that bad this season. I think that Hibs are going to be grand. I think even though we are going to be terrible against them, we're still going to beat them anyway. Because I think Motherwell, no offence, Andy, you look absolute garbage. Norrie, St. Johnston, I, I can't see where you are scoring any goals from. I reckon you'll end the season with negative goals scored. Um, Ross, no offence. Um, I admire the optimism, but I think your signings have been terrible. And the fact that you've not replaced Regan Charles Cook or Hungbo well at all, I think it's going Harry, to be... Harry, can I jump in? You signed Rocky Bashiri. Aye, and he's brilliant. He's been quite accident. Aye, and he's been brilliant. So, see, what I thought... Guys, this, been this time last time. year, I just kept a recording of everything that Harry said when he told me that hearts were going to be pish and hips were going to walk third. But, so just but, keep, Laurie, keep a tab Laurie. on all this. But what, remember this. You were thinking that Hearts were going to finish between 5th and 7th last year and because I was adamant Hibs were finishing no, third. No, no, no. You could no, have said top four. No, I said no. top four. I wouldn't. I didn't want to commit on third, but then you prompted me to commit on third by saying you were so confident Hibs would finish third. Yep, I've got all the predictions here from last season. I've still got it all. Laurie had yet Hearts third, and you had Hibs third. Aye, but he only had Hearts third because I said Hibs third. But see, here's a method behind the madness and why Hearts will only be finishing third. Second game of the season, Hibs are playing them at home. Nobody knows what to expect for Hibs, but I do. We're going to pump them. We're going to absolutely batter them at Easter Road, second game of the season. And the good thing about Hearts, they can't take getting pumped off Hibs. So their whole, they're going to get absolutely, absolutely meltdown. And Nielsen's going to get sacked before they've even played a game in Europe. It's going to be great. Some early good part of that I did see on social media was the fact that Hibs going to sell a 50% ticket for all the Hibs fans that leave at half time in the derby. I thought that was pretty good. I don't actually like getting overly. I don't like getting overly confident. For I know we've got a better record at Easter Road and Derby's than Hibs do, which is quite quite embarrassing for them. But I still don't like getting overly confident, and there is still a little bit of unknown. That I saw some Sunderland Sunderland fans saying, "Like you won't be amazing with Lee Johnson overall, but you'll probably have some great games and then have some absolute terrible games." So I I, I don't want to be like overly. I think over the course of the season we'll be better than Hibs. I'm 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 pretty confident on that just now. Um, based on Ron being a fucking lunatic as well. Um, but Derby, 
I don't know. We'll see. But we've got. It's just the unknown factor. I don't have a lot of your signings. I've fucking no idea about. I've got no idea. So you can maybe shed some light on them. If uh, neither does the hips department team. <laughs> it does like it, the signings genuinely are like what you do on Football Manager. You kind of just like stick a bunch of filters on and then hope for the best. But it seems like they're sticking a bunch of filters on, then throwing darts at a board, and then we're kind of getting the players that we're getting. Some of them should be quite exciting. But, but you're really confident. See, I don't. You, you, the way you describe that, and then say that you're really confident that you'll beat us. Aye, but see, that's that's the thing. Like I was doing my like for for the podcast I'm on. I was doing my season preview last night, and I was like, I, if if it's blind hatred that will get me through uh, Hibs pumping hearts, it will be blind hatred. Hibs could be fielding Ross County's team this season, and I'll say we'll beat Hearts. I, I don't know why I'm going so hard on Ross County. I just didn't fancy used to stay up at all. Um, but I no. Um, the just you focus thing. on stopping Ryan McGowan scoring the <laughs> winner against you this oh, weekend God. Um, I, the frustrating thing with Hibs is some of the marquee signings especially Eddie McGeady, um, he's just started really slow, um, he's had a pretty poor pre-season so far, um, Ewan Henderson he's looked fantastic in pre-season, I think he actually had quite a good year last year but with Maloney it was pretty impossible for a creative midfielder to have a good season, um, we've got Kyle McGuinness hopefully coming back if he can hit the ground running like he did at the start of the last season Like the thing is a fully fit Hibs team isn't far away from a good team because um, obviously you've got the likes of Kevin Nisbet up top. Um, the main problem and the main gap that we've had for genuinely about four seasons now, we need another starting centre-back. Um, the the centre-backs we've got aren't good enough. Um, it's the main hole in the team. Um, we've got that Chabraha boy to replace Doig. Again, another unknown, hard to tell. Um, Cadamos player of the year last year, we brought an Australian, like everybody else, Lewis Miller in at right back as well. Um, I think I think one thing that Hart's done really well um, was bringing in Craig Gordon. We've um, tried to do a similar thing by bringing in Davy Marshall. Um, I don't think it's unfair to say he's at least top five goalkeepers in the league this season. Um, if we can have even half the impact that Gordon had for Hearts last year, because I genuinely think he rescued about 15 plus points for Hearts. So if we can do something similar, like Hibs, Hibs is we could finish as high as third and we could finish as low as 10th. I don't think we're going to even sniff relegation. I do think there's a couple of teams that do look really bad at the moment um, who might surprise me and turn things around. But on you go, Laurie. No, no, I was just going to say it's a good point. I think David Marshall is a good signing. And I should have mentioned when I was talking about Hearts, my one big concern is that no one, Robbie or anyone, is talking about looking at another goalkeeper because... We have no fucking backup option because Ross Stewart is not a goalkeeper. I don't think he was even top three choice for Livy when he was there. So we've got, in my view, the best keeper in the league at the moment. If he gets injured, I think we've got the worst goalkeeper in the league to come in. So um, if Craig Gordon gets injured, touch with that, that never happens. Then my prediction goes from Hearts finishing third to Hearts getting relegated. Scott, what you got to say on that matter? I just love the fact that Harry's just claimed that Ed McGeady at the age of 36 is a marquee signing. The boy's ready for retirement, man. I, I, th- I think judging someone on their age is a bit um, sickening, to be honest. I think that's uh, old from arrogance coming, pouring out of your screen there, Scott. Um, I expect Judging one is kindergarten um, pen and inab- inability to <laughs> convert them. <laughs> oh my, did you see his penalty against, what do you call them? Uh, Boyerick. Oh my Aye. days. I oh, did. I was, I was livid. I was livid. It was not good what, enough. What colour of pen did they use, by the way? Oh no, mate, hips, hips. Like we, we are very inclusive. You can use any colour you want these days, eh? Red, yellow, blue, green, anything you want, mate. Maroon. <clears throat> Definitely no. <laughs> right. Okay. So anywhere between third and tenth, where are you 
sticking the pin in the league for your team. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a doubler here, John, mate. Don't worry. Uh, we're finishing third and we're taking the Scottish Cup with us. Eh? Oh. <laughs> right, okay. What drugs have you been on, Harry? <laughs> to be fair, we actually are normally a good cup team. It's just uh, that League Cup nonsense. We got bigger fish to fry this season. We didn't even Apart that from that, hundred odd years, eh? Uh, good cup team. Ah. How long did it take you in the Scottish? All right, you, why don't you just pay the referees again to win another cup final? And Andy, we beat you in a semi-final while she was all dressed in orange and left 15 minutes early. Boom, I think I've roasted every team in the chat now. Good. Sorry. That's why you're here, Harry. Good to have you back. Um, right, okay. Paul. European football finally for St Mirren. Is that what happened that season? Definitely. Texaco Cup or something. Intertotal. Intertotal. Bring back the Intertotal Cup. There's like guys, there's like probably like four people that are too to remember that. We couldn't even cup. get into the Intertotal Cup because we were in the first division at the time. I <laughs> 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 mean, we were even worrying about that. I mean, um, ah, we'll, be, we'll be fine. We'll have another roller coaster of a. Of a, of a season. Um, so, we're, we've got, we're all right, we've got agents now at every other club into it, everybody keeps pinching our managers into it, we've got Jack Ross, Jim Goodwin into it, you know what I mean? So, Kyle McGuinness into it, you can have Nick Tim into it, it's good that everybody talks about all our players and all our managers into it, makes it so. No, I think we're, um, we're in for another roller coaster. Um, I, I think that's going to be the, the, the bit, I think we've lost it. I think we forget that the, the quality we've absolutely lost, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's always one into it telling you nobody fall in love with a lone player, but I think um, Connor Ronan was was helped us last season. I don't think he'd done anything magnificent for us, but he certainly he certainly dragged us out of, out of some games that were um, maybe there. And Jack Anik, I think, was potentially. I take Harry's point. I think that's a, a valid point in terms of goalkeeper. I think Jack Anik kept us in games at, at points. I'm not say he was the best goalkeeper in the world, but. He was he was decent for us, um, which which is all you really want sometimes in a in a goal. So we've we've lost them, and I think a lot of people forget we had, which he's no kicked on at all. Which was the boy Jamie McGrath. I think Jamie McGrath done really really well for us. Um, but the ice man at, at penalties, mind you, hardly ever missed a line and gave it nineteen penalties for us, believe it or not. Um, but I think I think we're, we're we're missing them. I'm. I'm, I'm reasonably comfortable in, in other things. I mean, you know, I've always got to kind of go at it. I know a laugh and a joke and I go with the Fitzy stuff, but we've got to realise the size of your club. We've only got, I think, I think we've topped out at, at the same as last season for season tickets, so we're 3,300. 3, so we're not a massive, I mean, got a massive fan base. That's all we've got in terms of season tickets. I'm, I'm proud of the club. I mean, they've took a big decision whether or not it's going to backfire on us, but we're not giving Celtic and Rangers the other stand, which I think is the right decision. I think we've made the right decision as a club. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy the club went out of the fan base and asked that question. Um, I'm hoping the, I'm hoping people back that decision, if that makes sense. And, and, and Celtic and Rangers do come to town. We we do come out because we did see the, the, the crowds dipping. So I, I, I think that's, that's up to us as season ticket holders. We've got to kind of do that. Um, I'm, I'm I'm unsure about Stephen Robinson. I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I'm not saying he's going to be good. I just he, he just hasn't had a good start. He just hasn't fitted in the same way I think as a Jim Goodwin got away with murder sometimes because he won as a trophy as a captain. So he, he kind of went 
and he was a nice guy. So I'm not saying Stephen isn't a nice guy, but he just doesn't seem to be the same thing. However, I, I, I think for me, and I, I'm not too sure because it's always, when fans are very fickle, we're, we're really, we kind of hate every day sometimes when, we're, when we, we don't start well. But I, I would be more happy this season and, and hopefully they get an opportunity as, as three or four of our young boys. I'm delighted that Dylan Reid stayed in the end. I, I, I mean, under 17 Scotland captain, I think he's been captain at every age group. If 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 I if I remember rightly, um, and I and I'm happy that he stayed. I'm happy that I I I, I only know from you. Know I mean, the same way we probably all do. It's probably third fourth stories, of course. But I don't think his head was turned. I think it was just a case of, look, this is there. Do you want to do it? But he was quite happy to stay, and I'm hoping that he'll he'll kick on because I think we've got. I'm hoping as well that Kieran Offal to I mean, 17 years again. I think he has 17, I'm not too sure if he's 17, 18, but Kieran, again, is another another really good young, talented player, along with Jay Henderson, who hasn't really kicked on yet, but Jay's only, I think Jay's just about turned nine. If he is 19, I'm not too sure if he's 20 yet, but I think as a, a club like that, that's what I think our ethos should always be. I think it's difficult because the division's getting really... And I, I, I know, I know it's a different stratosphere when 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 Andy and Scott's been. This, they're talking about signing players, and they're not too happy they've got there. But they spent millions of pounds. We don't have a million pound in the bank. I mean, that's that's the reality of our club. So I think for us, I think there's now you're starting to see the big split in terms of the power that some of the clubs have in terms of being able to spend money. We don't. We can't spend money. We can't spend our way out of trouble. But what I would be more than happy is that. Could we kick on? Could we have a good season? Could we challenge for top six? Could we be at least there in the January, February bit that we're, we're running? I know it. For me, and, and this is a personal one, I like the split. I like it. I know a lot of people don't. I like it because it gives a club like mine that opportunity. Then if it is March, April time and you're seventh or eight, you get a run at something. And I think a few of the clubs on, on, on here tonight got that opportunity and you just went from ate some and finished I mean that was brilliant but I would be more than happy if we do that and we we blood some of our youngsters and maybe we do just know that and they, they go on and they, we sell them and, and they go on and we, we keep replacing that and so I, I think I'm that, that's what I'm more than happy about I'm not too sure about all of our signings yet I'm unsure about I think we've signed I think we're up to eight now and I'm not too sure if any of them you could take him Gallagher in that way. That'd be good. I, I think Declan signed for obvious reasons of what we will be, which is defending. Yeah. So I think that's. I'm not saying the league cup set, but you're not putting Declan Gallagher on the ball and asking me to play out for the back, are you? So I think I that was maybe the, that was maybe the problem. We don't have a cutting edge. That's the only thing. Eamon Eamon Brophy. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. Without hope that he comes back, just for a player's sake, not 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 if he comes on and scores money and scores goals or something. I'm sorry, but just the boy has been played with injury for eighteen months. So just as a, a more of a just for a player to have a, a bit of an opportunity. Well, not Eamon's going to go and kick on and score goals for us. I don't know. I don't know. But um, but Eamon, I hope comes back. He was meant to play on Saturday and get tightness in the hamstrings in the warm or or prior to the game. Sorry. So I just hope Eamon comes back. But for me. See, see, to tell the truth, I, I would be delighted if a Kieran Offord and a Dylan Reid get game time and we did okay, and, and that and that would make me that would make me really happy. I think that's our I think that's our resident nature. 
bring young talent through, sell it on, and try our best and stay in the Premier League. Because I, I think I'm, I'm sure so. If, if we drop to the Premier League now, with the way that other clubs are coming through, the Queen, Queen's Park are they going to slow down? I don't think in any way, shape, or form by the investment that's going in there, it's going to be tougher to start getting back out of that Championship. Um, and I would worry that. <laughs> you can always go, but Morton and Falcox have they come back for years, and, and are we in that same kind of stratosphere? Probably, but I just would be worried if we drop out again. So I'll keep my, I'll put my tray in upright position, and I'll hold on, and I'll hope for the best. Aye, someone that knows the championship well, with Laurie. Very, <coughs> very good. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say, I think it is one of the things that's quite good with the league. And you saw it last year, as with the extra European place and the fact that obviously because the cup final ended up being between Hearts and Rangers, and again you could see a cup final between two teams who are potentially likely to be in Europe anyway. You got those top five European places. So although like Motherwell didn't have the best second half of the season, to say the least, they managed to get Europe. Ross County, who started slowly but obviously had a really good second half of the season and really kicked on, almost got into Europe, and I think that's quite good for. Obviously, top six, love it or you know whether you love it or hate it, it's there. But when you've got that carrot of there could be a congested, say, fifth to eighth or ninth, and it was like that last season, where realistically Aberdeen and Hibs, um, although they had bad seasons, they could easily have got European football if it had been for a couple of better performances at the end of the um, first 33 games. And then the same with other teams. Motherwell, Ross County could have ended up being bottom six and eighth or ninth or whatever. So I think those extra European places makes it quite good because sometimes I think in the past, depending on the cup, we've sometimes only had the top three. And if you end up with Rangers Celtic and a good a team running away with it in third and cup final with two Rangers and Celtic or something, then there's no one else really playing for those places. So I think that was quite quite good. And hopefully this season you maybe see quite a few teams vying for a European place again. Laurie, I would, I would agree, and I know, I'm, I'm not saying this because it was your club, but it was one of my first ever games that was going along near the end of the season. I think we beat Hearts to jump you to go into Europe. I think it was 83-84 season. It might have been earlier. I'm, I'm, not too, I'm not entirely sure, but it was that bit. But we, I think we finished fifth that season, and we went into the we went into UEFA, and, and I, 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 was, I, was, I, I was laughing there because we, we played Sparta Prague. We put Sparta Prague out that, that season. I think it's the 84 85 season, if memory serves me right, and do you know what I mean? It, my son can't get his head around this. My son's 12, and I said, I agree with you. See if we could sneak a European. It's it's that's what I live for. I just live for. Hopefully, we maybe get a Hamden appearance. That that's we get two Hamden appearances. You know what I mean? I know St Johnson won the two, and I'm still <laughs> greeting about that, Nori. But um, but we were in lockdown when someone got to two finals, and my son keeps he's 12. He keeps going. Do you think we'll ever get back to Hamden? Because we never got to go. And do you know what I mean? It's one of those ones where you went, Jesus, I wonder if we actually will ever, because you just don't know. And the warrior the entirely, I think that gives you, because it just gives you that wee bit of hope, because we could get a European, and, and I mean, I went to the Sparta Prague game, and Frank McGarvey, I think, scored, if memory says right, I think late on the third goal, and honestly, it was like one of the, one of the most wildest experiences you'll, you'll ever think coming out of the old Wolf Street that you just walked down and you went, this, and I, and I, and I think it's great, and I'm, I'm hoping that, that all the clubs do well. I'm glad that most of them are going to get in and get there, because I think that, I mean, regardless, I think that does well for us, because it, it gives us something, then we can all go, do you know something? 
maybe we'll get there. So I just dreamed that, that maybe we'll get back to that one day because but, but I think that was the same season we put Sparta Prague out we went out to Hammerby and if anybody knows the Hammerby story I'm not going to mention it on there you can Google it and it's still the most tragic day of my St life I think the sad thing is like you touch on like getting to Europe getting to Hamden and that being maybe like the exception as opposed to the norm it's the same for most of the clubs in the league out with the top two I know like Aberdeen fans a lot of Aberdeen fans will say oh we should be doing this that the other but realistically Winning the odd cup now and again and getting a regular runner um, qualification for Europe is a good thing. McKenna's did that. Can Goodwin do it? Repeat it? I'm not quite sure. I think the league now is far more competitive. Maybe we were helped a bit with the fact Rangers weren't in the league at the time as well. But yeah, that's all right. I, I, I'm all right with that as long as we're blood and youngsters. I'm all right yeah. with that. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm no entirely. Happy if, if we're bringing in players that you have no idea who they are and we're just going to win markets and all that. I would rather have that and maybe get there with with, with a, a couple of players and, and go on. But we're always proud of the, the kind of young players that go on. I mean, the McGinn's of the world, I know that the Kenny McLean's of the world, I know they went on the other teams and they went on and, and done that. So I'm not saying St. Martin was, was there, but I'm always happy that if we do that, I think that's... That, that's something, and we don't do that enough in this country, but I'm, I'm glad that we're starting to see we've got a lot of good young talent kicking about, and they deserve an opportunity to, to play, um, and, and I think if we can do that, and we can get a bit more European football, brings a bit more money in, so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, so I'm going, yeah. I'm going for fourth in the league. And the good thing is now, it's not just like clubs down south that are interested in our young players. We've seen Doig go to Italy, Ferguson go to Italy, obviously we've had Hickey go to Italy, so it's not just that England's now the Holy Grail, or even worse, and I would say this for most clubs, we would say the worst thing is when you have a player, they do really well, and then Rangers and Celtic just snap them up and never play them. Absolutely. I think we've all been probably victims of that. So, nice. Um, Paul, I never asked you, where are you going to finish in the league? What position? Six. Six. You're going six? Right, okay. Laurie's <laughs> yeah. taped that, and he's going to play that back to me. I'm no, I'm, I, 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 I do find the league very difficult to call between. I think I, I said somewhere earlier is like Rangers Celtic, obviously top two. I'd like to think we should be top four come the end of the season, given what's happened. I think Aberdeen will be decent. United will be decent. I feel like Kilmarnock will be all right. I don't feel like they'll be bad. I don't know if they'll be like exceptional, but I feel like they'll be they'll be decent. But see below that, like Hibs. Like even Harry said, fuck knows. Are Hibs going to be absolutely atrocious and implode? I don't know. Will they actually turn out to be all right when they bend Lee Johnson and bring back Jack Ross? I don't know. Um, but below that, I think it's really difficult to, from like fifth, sixth down the table. It's it's pretty hard to call. Yeah, I think so. Um, Nori, is it true there's a petition in Perth for fans to be banned from football again? <laughs> Well, we certainly did uh, a whole hell of a lot better when nobody could watch them in person. Uh, sure wish we couldn't watch them in person now. It's been pretty awful. I've been trying to think of positives, really, um, for this season. And the only thing I can come up with is we've got a pretty good away strip this year, which is uh, Taylor McGenna. That's where the positives end because I can't see I, I can't see a strategy for the way that this this 
squad's been put together. I'm sitting looking at it at the minute. And we've got a bucket load of over 30s, which I mentioned earlier. They're all on two-year contracts. They've got no sell-on value. Um, we've got, fair enough, we've got a few players out injured, but we've got six centre-backs. We've got one fit striker, who's Stevie May, who at the minute couldn't hit a barn door um, for the last was, six years. Did you say Stevie May was fit? He, uh, he is fit, yes. <laughs> kind of uh, compared to the rest of the strikers that we possess, he's he's kind of sort of fit. Um we've I think we've signed a goalkeeper today, finally, on loan. Um we knew the last one was leaving seven months ago, so why it's taken this long to get a, a new one and considering Del McKinnis managed to do it in about two days last week for Kilmarnock is beyond me. Um having watched the the cup games, it's hard to see where we're going on the pitch with the players that we've signed. We're continuously playing five three two. That won us a couple of cups two years ago, but everybody knows how to play against it now. But we persist with it. Um, I'm sick of seeing long balls up to a five foot striker um, from either your left wing back or your right wing back, missing out the midfield entirely. Uh, there's no creativity unless you include Ali Crawford. And, I certainly don't include Harley Crawford in anything creative. Um, Melker Halberg's looking like an okay signing. That's that's perhaps a positive I can pick out. But um, as things stand at the minute, I don't see where the goals are coming from, like somebody said earlier. So really, I'm just kind of hoping that St. Murray capsized this year, um, which they're looking to do. Uh, I'm quite positive about that. So We were very... Lucky that uh, Dundee hired Mark McGee last year. That saved us from the drop. So hopefully some of them do something similar this year. Um, Hibs, Aberdeen, both of them were pretty pish last year as well. So more of the same, please, gents, um, if you wouldn't mind. Aberdeen, you were two dodgy referee decisions from swapping places with us in the, the playoff. So, yeah, I suppose... This searching for positive things, um, no terribly easy to do at the minute for us. You were unbeaten in the, the League Cup group stages, you just never went through. That's a good point, I never thought of that. I mean, it's, uh, we played the mighty Anan, <laughs> of course, we were three divisions below us. Um, and then, uh, I, I don't even want to relive it, to be honest with you. We beat Coven a friendly, that was that was, that was was a highlight. Sorry, Hart, Hart still won't end their 12-year wait for a league win in Perth, so you've got that, you've got at least... At least a draw seem, or two you, against us. You seem awfully sure about that, Lord. Is the worrying thing um, is that Johnson again know that you've lost kind of, what would be we've lost the quality. Key, key players like obviously Clark, Rooney, McCart. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. look at the players coming in, what Jay Wright returns, who was kind of all right in his first he's, spell. He's good, he's, he's good on his day. Um, and he's the sort of player that does well in Perth. Um, so there's that. But is he is he Rooney? No, he's not. He's not going to take that kind of talisman position. He's not going to pop up with important goals in the in the matches that matter. I don't think. Um, and then we've also got um, the massive gap that was Callum Henry's goals that mm-hmm. near enough saved us from relegation. That's not been replaced. It's not likely to be replaced. Where apparently they they paid uh, about three hundred thousand for that Theo Bear chap who looked, looked okay in pre-season, um, but the jury's still out on whether he's 
going to cut it in, in the top league in Scotland. So we'll just have to wait and see. But at the minute, the, the balance in the squad is all over the place. We've got a ton of defenders, a whole load of over-the-hill midfielders. Um, I'll give Graham Carey his due. He looks decent. Um, he's looked decent since he's since he's played. But he's, again, in his mid-30s. Um, are you going to get a full season out of him? Don't know. Hard to say at this stage. So, yeah. If we can, like I say, just get some men relegated, that would be great. So are you expecting another 11th spot finish? I think that's what we realistically are probably... I'm going to say we're going to finish 12th because I think that's the way we're heading at the minute, unless there's a change of direction. Um, and let, and that, that could mean Callum Davison decides to change tactics and maybe change his personnel around a wee bit. But it's, um, he's, he's, he's extremely inflexible with his tactics. You know what you're going to get with a Callum Davidson team. In fact, every other team in the league knows what you're going to get with a Callum Davidson team. So unless there's some sort of flexibility there, I can't see us finishing any higher than 12th. But I would like to hope that we might manage to squeeze 10th. So what are you going for? What's your, your prediction? 12. 12, right, over there, okay. I don't know if it, have we ever had anyone that's predicted twelve. No, I don't think I have. I mean, that's right. Okay. If you if you get rid of Callum Davidson, Matt McGee's available, though, and that would be a welcome return <laughs> to the cinch for everyone. <laughs> can you can you finish the award? Somebody get in Norris who's Norris. I'm going to get a taxi up your house, mate. Mate, so bro. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to have the house. in darkness there either. Know what I mean? Andy was bad too at the start. Christ almighty. You <laughs> Spencer. It's all right. Harry's going to bring us some positivity. Oh no, I'm no. By the way, I'm no. Um, I was going to say all the clubs that um, are struggling. I think, um, in, in my opinion, that look like likely for the drop that we've all kind of touched on. Um, Saint Martin and Saint Johnston. Why <laughs> do you, uh, grow up? Um, why have neither of you recruited a striker, like a proper striker, in the last few years? It's it's been a problem, especially Saint Johnston. Even when you've managed to win the cups, like he's never done that on the back of like having a decent attack. It was always the defenders. And even if you look at like the national level, like moving like attackers and stuff we've produced quite a lot of good midfielders and defenders over the years but strikers in Scotland just seem to be few and far between you look really? at last look at last year though and what the top scorer was what 13 goals aye our recruitment policy is just a complete mystery to me I have absolutely no idea why or who we recruit half the time um, a striker you would think would be a fairly important integral part of the team but it's never been a priority for us. We tend to go for wingers, um, defenders, and whoever kind of fits in up front, then they can play. Yeah, how bad has Jamie Murphy Stephen been for you so far? Stephen Robertson says, once Curtis Main's back, we are fine. Aye, for our, just for our games. I've <laughs> <laughs> been all right. Been all right. Curtis Main's back, we are fine. That's what Stephen Robertson says. Right, we're all right because we've got a new entry in the league. Well, a new entry, they're back. 
and you've got Kel Lafferty. So Neil, you must be excited. Hi, um, John. There's a lot of optimism around Kilmarnock. I mean, and that's been reflected in the, the season ticket sales. You know, we're past four thousand now over a month ago, or about a month ago, beginning of July, we passed four thousand. And obviously, I can, I can relate to what Paul was saying that that fear of the championship, and obviously. Uh, the worst happened for us, the, the, the behind closed door relegation, you know, and, and um, I think um, Alec Dyer, you know, um, Tommy Wright's predecessor really took, took the blame for that one, you know, more, more than Tommy Wright did. So we got a bit of a, a pass initially. Um, and um, we started well in the championship, you know, it's, I mean, it was, a, it's an absolute nightmare to be honest, but the, the, the board backed the, Back to the club, you know, and back to the manager who was Tommy Wright at the time, and we um, brought some players in, and there was there was a lot of optimism around, you know, that we were going to bounce back. But then the football was was pretty dismal under Tommy Wright, if, if the truth be told, and and he kind of lost the fans, and um, it, it was the, the whole atmosphere that it was Alex Dyer's fault wore off pretty quick. Um, I don't know if any of you saw the incident where Tommy Wright he cut. Kilmarnock were getting booed off the pitch and Tommy Wright cupped his, his hand to the fans, you know. So after that, you know, his, his, his post-match interviews became increasingly um, tense, you know. And, um, and then there was in, in one of the most probably typically bizarre Scottish football moments, he was he was sacked after a game that was abandoned due to fog. Um, so uh, in December, and, and, and thankfully... Um, Derek McInnes took over in the January, uh, one match under, or two matches maybe under um, James Fowler as caretaker. And I, Derek McInnes, he steadied the ship, you know, and I wouldn't have said it was a, a media impact, but he started to get the best, he, he more and more you can see he was getting the best out of what he had there. You know, Fraser Murray really came onto a game. Um, he's picked up an injury. We've had a bit of a mini injury crisis pre-season. Um, Fraser Murray obviously um, you might have seen it he missed the penalty against this so he slipped but it would appear he was, all, he was also he'd been injured in the game so I don't really know why he was taking the penalty in the first place a bit, a bit strange you know you know that kind of pre-season and Premier Sports Cup League Cup whatever you want to call it um, you know these kind of weird things that, that, that occur you know we've had a bit of an injury crisis um, Zach Heyman the, the goalkeeper we got him back from Middlesbrough, which was a bit of a coup. He was in the championship team of the season. Brilliant big goalie. And he appeared to pick up a knock. We went, we, we did pre-season at Largs and then Marbella in Spain and played Lincoln Red Imps and Charlton and Marbella. And Zach Heyman, as I understand it, picked up a knock against Charlton, but then played in the Premier Sports Cup. So I don't, I don't really know why, because now he's out long term, so which is really disappointing. But we've got a. We'll be all right. You've got Gary Woods now. So you're well, 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 he's going to be number three. So um, the number two is Sam Walker, who has been like the perfect number two. He was probably too good to be on number two. That there was interest in him, I believe, from St Johnston and Ipswich. And then Heming got injured, so we retained him. I think I don't know what was going on there, but most likely he was maybe on the way out, but stayed with us and has now played at the weekend against Stenhouse Muir and looked fine. Um, so I, I mean, pre-season I would say has been 
I mean, I've liked, we've brought in nine players um, and the signings have been, I say pre-season, we've played the Premier Sports Cup and, and we, we were okay, you know, we're, we're disappointed we didn't win the section, we did what we had to do against Montrose, Stenhouse, Mayor and Fraserburgh, we were comfortable in those games, we're scoring goals, Ollie Shaw is scoring a lot of goals. Um, the, the, the biggest disappointment was the one each draw against Thistle in the League Cup. Um, Kumala, obviously in the championship, we, we 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 weren't we weren't brilliant, let's be honest, uh, over the course, but we did enough, and we, we we kind of found that habit of winning when we weren't playing so well. You know the the kind of habits you need to to win a to win a league, and we we, we found that. I mean, we weren't good against this. So it was on the telly. Maybe some of you watched the game. We were quite poor, but we we scored the winner in the, in the 89th minute, and it was chopped off for offside, and it wasn't the offside. So it's back to like. I mean, I would take VAR at this point um, because now, now we've been drawn to hearts away when that really should have been at least a bro- first of got a broth. So, well, remember that Neil, up- at the mid-season podcast that you said about VAR because obviously we'll have it by then or roughly on just after. The offsides, I, I would take it at this point. I mean, we were standing, I was standing in line with it and we part, you know, when my phone, with Premier Sports, like this incident's still ongoing. We can see he's offside, onside rather. He's given the offside and, and the goal's chopped off and they get beaten in penalties. So the League Cup has probably come out one of Kamala's best chances at a trophy and now we're going to be struggling because we weren't seeded. Um, so we didn't win the group. But I mean, we've got we've made some good signings. Um, Jordan Jones is a really good signing. He looked good on Saturday. He looked bright. He looked as if he wanted to be there quick. Um Good. I mean, we've signed a wing back and loan from Arsenal. Ryan, I'm butchering his name here, Alabioso. Um, interestingly, somebody pointed out on Twitter he's got every every vowel vowel in his name in order. A E I O U. If you if you want to try and re- recall his name, Alabioso, and he looks absolutely fantastic. Um, he, he was. I don't know if you noticed in the uh, team of the week for the Premier Sports Cup, and he only played the first half. He looked terrific. So we signed Lewis Mayo and Owen from Rangers, and um, we've got Cairn McEnroy from Celtic. Um, McEnroy is, is a great age, Scottish under 21 international, had an ACL injury, and probably I would presume is looking to go again and, and, and rebuild his career in the top flight. And he'll, he'll be playing on the, on the left side of the midfield, presumably, and, and Alan Power. I mean, he, he looks good pre-season. We know all about Alan Power. He adds a bit of experience. Donnelly from, Liam Donnelly from Motherwell. We lacked a bit of steel in the midfield last season. Um, and, and we seem to have resolved that. I'm not middle of the pitch. We seem to have plenty there. I, I wouldn't say it's all perfect, though. McInnes is, is favouring a 3-5-2. And we don't really... We now have one wing back, but I mean... He introduced the three-five-two towards the tail end of last season, and it looked as if it was because he had run out of fullbacks, and um, it looked as if it was a bit improvised at the time. But he stuck with it, kind of much to everybody's surprise, because we don't really have wing backs. And this, I probably say this is the thing that's like Kelly fans are chatting about back and forward eh, online and things. We're, we're, we're kind of worried about 
he looks as if he's gone with the three-five-two because he's signed. He's got three centre backs, left and right centre back, middle centre back, and he's got cover for all three. So he's got like six centre backs there that look as if they're all going to get minutes. So it looks as if that's the way we're going to be headed formationally. And we have now. We looked. We looked. Looks as if we're moving in the right direction on on Saturday against Stenhouse Muir. Dare I say it? We looked a wee bit like Aberdeen used to look like um, under McInnes, where it was it was difficult to. I, I'm not an expert, John, in what how uh, McInnes set up for Aberdeen, but we looked as if we could attack from... There was a lot of rotation. You know, Jordan Jones looks like a great addition. I think he clearly wanted Jones for weeks and weeks before he got him. Danny Armstrong's got a lot of pace, so there looks to be a lot of rotation um, in, in, um, up front, you know, and he wants to play free at the back with kind of powerful wing-backs, although we've only got the right side, kind of. I'm hoping for a left wing-back. If we sign a left wing-back, I think we could be in business. Um, so that's uh, about the size of it. I don't know if Nori would echo this, but always with McInnes, I thought we looked best when we were pacing our team in physicality because he was, he liked, we were best under McInnes when we played in the counter attack. See us as soon as like maybe a few seasons in, folk knew how to play against us. You knew how we were going to play and we couldn't then play in the counter attack because we were one of the better teams. So three at the back, I'd be wary of. Maybe what he's thinking is Kermanica or coming into the the top flight after a season away. He wants to try and make them more solid at the back. But it just generally it never worked with Aberdeen when he tried to play three at the back anytime. Four at the back, four, two, three, one, pace out wide, get balls into the box, physical striker, which you do have, you've got Lafferty. So you do have that. In terms of creativity at Kawanaka, you've got the creativity that that's going to create the goals in this league. I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't know what you think, Nori, when you had McInnes in terms of style and formation and stuff like that. Yeah, he was, um, like you say, he steadied the ship. He made us difficult to beat. Uh, we went one season, I think, only scoring 12 goals or something because of the way that he set us up. Uh, but again, that was probably due to the personnel that he could afford at Saint. Um You'll be comfortable. You'll be comfortable, I think, in the league. You'll make sure you're comfortable. Um, whether he can push you on, I don't think um, he's really got that in him. Um, unless he gets a, a fair, all the resources to work with, which he kind of had at Aberdeen when Rangers were out of the league. Yeah. He had the second best budget in the. Sorry, Nori. There you go. Sorry, I knew I was just going to say sorry. I was just going to say actually, power. I was actually. Impressed with some month. I, I was I was disappointed we didn't hold on to him. I'm not saying he was a I just thought he was decent for us. I, 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 I thought he'd done a good job for us in the middle of the pitch. I thought he held us together quite well. I, I was actually I was actually not that happy when he signed, but I'll I'll give him his due. I thought he did I did he did relatively well for us. Jordan Jones I hope kicks on because Jones didn't really do anything for us. I think he get I think he scored one world day against Kelty Hearts, if memory serves me right, and then nah, I think I think Laurie, I do remember when we played at, at Hearts in a Scottish Cup game, I think Jordan Jones could have came and sat beside me at one point. Well, oh, some other team could have at one point, but no, power that power I liked. Power I thought was decent. I think power will do a job. I quite liked him. Um Ewan, what you want to say? I mean, I just want to welcome Neil back, what uh, a fellow plastic brother. You know, with the plastic <laughs> pitch, that is another thing that Kilmarnock have in their advantage this season. I'm sure every team will be fearing going to Kelly this year. 
because of the artificial surface, just like they fear the spaghetti had. See, one thing, Aberdeen, um, when McInnes was there, never lost at Rugby Park. So I'm quite looking forward to it. So I think there's going to be a lot of, I think the Aberdeen Kilmarnock rivalry because of McInnes is going to be interesting. There's all, it's already started in Twitter. You can see it a wee bit. Uh, there's, a, there's a wee bit of needle there. Um, so, I mean, and that's just, I think when we, we play each other, there could, could be quite interesting. I think the one thing though about McInnes is he's been respectful about Aberdeen. He's never said anything bad about them in terms of him leaving and stuff like that. So, from that point of view, I would hope, in a way, maybe before the game, he'd get an all right reception. Obviously, once the game starts, it's fair game to just whatever. As long as you're not saying anything like completely dodgy. So, we'll see what happens. We're gentle finish. Come on, it. I'm going to go ninth. Ninth. Right, okay. Right, fair enough. Right, Aaron's not here, so I'll need to like represent Aberdeen, I guess. Um, I'll be quite quick. So, last year, disaster, everybody knows. Um, a bit like last season under Celtic, I think Goodwin's decided, right, these characters out at the club last year were no good enough. So, I'll get rid of pretty much every single one of them. I think there's only, there's only like three players that he's kept um, on from the first team last year. Joe Lewis, who isn't even first choice now. Uh, Ross McCrory, who everyone was expecting to be captain, um, but obviously we've signed Anthony Stewart, he's become captain instead. And then Johnny Hayes, who looks reborn. Um, Goodwin's discovered, right, don't play Johnny Hayes at left back, he's far better up out wide. So pre season's been good. Obviously, playing in the League Cup, you don't want to be there, but we've got the job done, efficient, scored plenty of goals, four clean sheets, style of football. I think Goodwin. Wants us to be back to like maybe what we were under McInnes, more physical, which we lacked last year. I was surprised amount of times we like just get out fought in games against a lot of teams. So that side of thing is good. He set the tone in terms of what he wants to play, how he wants to play. I know there's been debate about Liam Scale signing on loan. I don't like the rule. I think in I've seen it in other leagues whereby if you play against your parent club, you can play against your parent club if you're on loan. I don't know why in Scotland we decide well you can't do that. Um, so. Scales looks a good signing on loan. We also want to try and get him permanently. Fullback, I'm a wee bit concerned. Um, two young fullbacks at the moment. The boy Richardson looks like he wants to play like a right winger. I'm not sure how good he is defensively. That's a bit of a concern. And then left back. I know we brought in someone tonight, Coulson. That was it. Is it Mirren, wasn't he, Paul? At one point, Harry Coulson. No, he's not seen Mirren. Was that? Remember him. Um, well, that maybe says it all. Um, it's, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be like. Um, centre back, the other boy Stuart, he's come in straight away and been captain. Joe Lewis is obviously not even in the picture anymore. I think he's maybe getting phased out. And Goodwin said today about kind of some of the senior players. He was on Sky, and they said, "Oh, the likes of Ramirez and Bates. What's the situation? Would he be willing to get rid of them?" You know, never quite said he would get rid of them. But he said, if senior players came chapping my door and wanted away, I wouldn't stand in the way, which I think probably tells you that Ramirez, I think, will be away. And Bates, I suppose it depends whether he's happy to be a squad player. Um, middle of the park, I'm pleased to see McCrory's going to be playing centre in the midfield. I thought that's his best position. When he first signed for us, he was brilliant in terms of box-to-box role. Scored three goals in pre-season already. Looks good. Ramadani, um, maybe going to give us a bit of composure that we've not had since maybe McLean or Ryan Jack even before in terms of good in the ball wants to play forward passes looks impressive so far 
Um, so far, Goodwin's getting the best out of Matty Kennedy, which is not something we've seen at Aberdeen. Um, I've always been frustrated with Kennedy, and I don't know, again, Nori, you maybe can I say better than me, but he's a type of player that, when he's direct, when he just takes on a player, gets down to the byline, he's good. But he's got a tendency to take on a player, then go back, and then try and take him on again. And by that point, he loses the ball, and you're like, what are you doing? So he's been good pre-season, scored a few goals. Uh, Bezoyun, again, good attacking option, um, whether he's out wide or middle of the park. Number 10, Pays, good. And then we've looked a wee bit different in terms of transfer market. McInnes was always signing players from the UK. We signed Ramadani, who's an international. We signed Mayovsky, who looks a good player, um, from what I've seen on Sunday. So I think we should do a lot better this season. I like Goodwin. I like the, the way he speaks. Um, we've obviously got good money in for Ramsey, Ferguson, and then the money that we got for uh, Nottingham Forest getting promoted with McKenna. So we've we took in a lot of money. I know folk have said we've spent money, but we've still, I think we must have taken in about eight million over the, the transfer window, which for Aberdeen or any club outside Central Celtic or Rangers is massive. And then I think we've maybe spent maybe about I don't know, tops about one and a half million. So that's that's pretty good. Good bit of profit. Um, and I think we'll do a lot better this season. Though, the one thing you would say is we're playing in the League Cup and we've not exactly played terrific opposition, so we'll wait and see once we play, you know, maybe not Celtic on Sunday, but the other teams. Um, I'm not going to be as bold as Aaron was last year to predict that we'll finish first. Uh, that's not happening. But I do think third or fourth would be realistic. Hearts might be distracted, I think, with Europe. Um, and I don't know whether the size of squad will manage playing that amount of games, so I'm going to go for us to finish third. That's where I'll go. Yeah, Laurie. So obviously, I, I mean, I, I know you, you mentioned the fact there's been plenty of money coming in, so there's not really a concern about Aberdeen paying fees, but and I I just looked at the players, there was a million quid reported between someone who's been playing in Macedonia and, Hung- and Hungary and then someone who's been playing reserve football in Portugal. Um Jim Goodwin's not really spent money before. He's never really had money to spend before as a manager. Is there any concern that he that these are punts? Or what's the Aberdeen recruitment like? Are these not led by Jim Goodwin? I think the situation is, from what I've heard, Jim Goodwin says, I want this type of player. And then he goes to the recruitment team, Darren Mowbray, and says, right, this is what I'm looking for. And then it's a case of like a lot of clubs are doing now. They're looking at data from players. Aye. and see what they are like. However, one thing that I don't think happened to the McInnes, I don't think we even looked at any players abroad. Um, Mowbray's been to like supposedly 16 different countries. Originally, they were looking at uh, Mayovsky, uh, MTK Budapest, watched him like five or six times and then went, right, okay, that boy Ramadani looks pretty decent as well, so maybe we'll try and sign him. So, the recruitment's been a bit different and that's something that we Aberdeen fans have been not happy with the fact we were generally just signing maybe what considered was journeymen players from down south. We're still signing maybe a few of them. We brought the average team down to the squad as well. I think that's um, I think that shows quite a bit of sorry, cutting you off there. I think it shows because hearts are similar in that that they've got Joe Savage in who's sporting director, and we do have someone who works on kind of heads up scouting and recruitment under him as well. And Robbie Nielsen does the same. He highlights positions he needs and the recruitment team will provide him with the data and the targets and I don't know if that contrasts maybe when you talk when Norrie was talking about St Johnston where he's maybe unsure if it is just 
the manager going out and trying to find who's available and having a punt on players he likes or whatever. But um, it's interesting. I was going to ask is a chat to Robbie Nielsen in the summer. And one thing he said about the players he likes, and I feel like McInnes was a bit like this. He likes um, British or I, I feel maybe Aussie fits into that as well, but British players to play defensive roles if he can um, in terms of the unit to be together, to create that solid with a back four central defensive partnerships. Um, but they're a bit more open when it comes to kind of flair players, attacking players. They'll broaden the scope and look at data and take more of a chance on players from other divisions. Um, if it's you know attacking midfielders, wingers, strikers. The thing you always knew under McInnes was if he didn't get his man first time, he'd try and get him second time, third time. He, he had a list of players that he liked and Neil will see that himself at Kilmarnock now. Ash Taylor's a big one. He always signed him. He, he had a habit of bringing players back as well, which sometimes works at clubs. Um, but I think we need to probably move on from that. The, the glass either never worked for whatever reason. Um, Goodwin, I think, will do well. I think he will. I think he... I think there's maybe a bit of knowledge and respect about the club. We are a big club, like uh, Aberdeen, and he's gone in there and he's said, right, okay, let's be positive. And he always talks positively. Like when the kid is first come in at Aberdeen, it's the positivity, the way he speaks, I think was always, he never blamed players in the, in the after media interviews. I've seen, I think Paul mentioned earlier, I mean, Stephen Robinson came in at St Mirren at tail end of last season and straight away he was throwing players under the bus now. You're in a situation whereby you're trying to maybe avoid relegation, okay, some of these players might not be there on that season, but you need to keep them on side. Goodwin did that last season, though, to be fair. He, he did I, exactly that last season. I don't think he mentioned players. I think what... The, the oh, no, but he basically told all the players they were shite oh. and they'd be fucking off and Aberdeen were still not probably, safe at that point. Probably he probably had was, I think he had told players behind doors, behind closed doors, why you're not in the plans. That was probably a mistake and maybe something that we'll learn from. But I, I do like I, I like the way he speaks. It's going to be maybe different in terms of like the fact he's going to be playing with or managing a club when expected to like take the game to other teams. That's going to be different. But so far from what I've seen, it's looking good. But as I say, this level of opposition is a bit debatable in terms I, of how good will be. John, I hope he does. I hope he does do it because he's a, he's, a, he's a genuinely nice guy. I'd, I'd take a wee bit of Laurie's point there. It'll be really interesting to see what he can do with cash and and actually working it. That was my only criticism at one point. He was a wee bit stubborn, but he, he only had X amount to work with at St. Mon, so I, you could never be critical. But my bit is, um, he's he's as a player, he was he, he just he, he he was just an archetypical working hard midfield player, if that makes sense, and he expected everybody to do the same. It's really interesting if people are only doing it. He's 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 quite dogmatic, and he's quite he's quite just one of those guys. If if he's he'll fall. I'm not saying he'll fall, but he was like that as a captain. If you know what I mean, it was like yeah. boom, you're out, and, and there was no turning back. If you know what I mean, that was the only criticism we gave him at St. one. We said, well, but, that but I don't know what it'll be like, and I hope do you know something the same as the same as Jack Ross. I always thought Jack was brilliant for us. Yes, he I would have loved to see him in the Premier League, but. Um, but we ne- he never stuck about when he's undone. But I've as well. Probably the problem we have in Scotland is I think you would men- mention names like Goodwin, McInnes, Ross. They're all pretty similar in terms of type of manager they are. I, I, I think, see for anyone to ever break down the dominance of Celtic and Rangers, you need someone that's going to be bold and go, right, let's do something different. 
as opposed to like let's be hard to beat and then see what happens. There's no one really. Maybe there's been the odd time it's happened, and I know the finances gap. But maybe at one point someone comes just comes in and goes right. Let's rip up the script and try and come up with something innovative. Don't know. Who knows? Um, Ewan. Yeah, just to kind of touch on a point you said about Aberdeen, like physically, kind of lacked a lot last year. I think certainly in games against ourselves when McInnes was in charge. McInnes always made a point of like winning the battle against us because it was notoriously what we were very good at, making games very scrappy and, you know, we'd, we'd kind of come up out on top in those sort of situations. But there was a couple of games against us last year, certainly the one at Livy that we won 2-1. Like Aberdeen just didn't have any of that about them. And we, I was confident, like even 15, 20 minutes into the game that we were going to turn Aberdeen over, which we did. I do think... Yes, Aberdeen have had like eight million quid coming in and plus, you know, with McKenna money as well. But for a team outside the old firm to be spending a million and a half quid, I mean, good wins under pressure right from the get-go, isn't it? Because Aberdeen need to have a fast start this season because if you get to October, November time, and I would even say if you're outside the top six, I reckon he's bang under pressure right from the get-go, spending the money he has. Aye, there's no doubt about that. I think straight away, even like towards the end of last season, folk were saying that before the money came in and we were spending the money. So, yeah, if we don't go off to like a kind of decent start, they will be under pressure. But I, I think he'll do well. I, I do. Um, I, I don't think the, the league's... Uh, and I liked... Obviously, we all love Scottish football. I don't think the league's got particularly great quality. And something we've tried to add this season is a bit more quality up top. I think that could make the difference. We've got plenty of options up top now, um, which I don't see around the other teams when we're talking about the likes here. Motherwell, St Mirren, St Johnston. I mean, the Hibs, I know you said about Nesbitt earlier, Harry, but Nesbitt was not particularly great last season. It was a good first season. Um, apart from that, where's Hibs' goals coming from? That, I mean, that we've definitely... was a complete myth, by the way. Nesbitt was fucking banging last season. It's just the fact they had Maloney and Jack Ross as manager. Like... Messi would have went in that team and would have struggled to score goals, man. Well, we've definitely added quality in the forward areas. We've got a striker that's slower than our media officer. So, Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say. I mean, I, I don't. I generally don't know about the signings. You know, it's. I'm just. It is for a Scottish team. It's quite a lot of money to be to be spending. They could be fantastic. I, I'm interested. What you think will be. Um, what's Aberdeen fans' expectations and what will they accept? Because uh, obviously, I do feel like we'll be up there, and depend on how good Aberdeen are, you could could well take advantage of us having a tough first half of the season with Europe. But if, for instance, Aberdeen are fourth, say Hearts are third, is that going to be good enough for Aberdeen I think, fans? I, think it was I can say Aberdeen fans' ideas: it's delusion and unrealism. Depends who you speak to. <laughs> Obviously, you've got your older fans who I think still think they're older, they remember us winning European trophies. Um, but that was like so long ago. Whereas you've got other fans a bit more realistic now. Good ones come in, he's hoping to stamp his own mark in the team. I think if we were to finish top four, that would be obviously it's gonna be massive progress from last year. And I think it's realistic. I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation. But aside from that, you go into the season as an Aberdeen, the Hearts, maybe a Hibs. You want a good run in the cup. You want to get to a cup final. 
at least be in there by chance of winning it. I mean, the Scottish Cup then, I mean, I'm not quite as bad as Bot Hibiswell when they'd not won it for so long, but 32 years not winning the Scottish Cup, that's terrible for Aberdeen. Two trophies in, what, 27 odd years? It's pretty poor as well. So, a trophy. A cup Guy, behind me's, Guy behind me has won it twice in that time. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I think that, that, that would be my expectations, my hopes. Um, like it would probably be for you, I think, as well, as a Hearts fan. Yeah, and uh, the two guys got the hands up, but very quickly, you know, you're 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 spot on, and there'll be Hearts fans who, do you know, I, I really hope we do finish third and um and manage to to secure that. But if ended if we ended up, for instance, fourth, if Aberdeen had a really good season and we just couldn't manage the expectations of doing both, I don't think it would be a disaster if you could still get Europe, get top four. Um, but there will be there will be generally be Hearts fans if we finish third, don't win anything, who will want Nielsen gone at the end of at the end of the season. I guarantee you we can get third. And if there's no trophy in the cabinet, we haven't got top, higher than third, which is a huge ask. There'll still be fans who want him out. And I, I feel that Aberdeen will probably have a similar element as well. Yes, if not worse. Aye. Uh, Scott? Um, so in terms of your business, John, I actually think that he's done well in getting Liam skills. As you're talking about the loan signings for clubs within your league, you don't really like it that you can't play them in the, the games against the parent club. I think that obviously goes into the contract. But the fact that you have got Liam Scales on an option to buy at the end of the season, there's actually quite a lot of Celtic fans quite disappointed about that, to be perfectly honest. So is that what you've heard, an option to buy? Because we've not heard that. Ah, I heard there's, there's an option to buy at the end of it, yeah. Um, I think definitely we want to sign him, but I don't know whether Celtic are as keen on that. I suppose it depends he, how, well he, how well he does. He's a very steady player, mate, to be fair. When he was playing with us, I didn't think he had much pace going down the left-hand side, but for what I've heard, he's actually been playing left side and centre half for yourself. He has, aye. Which he can is pick a pass enough. as well. He can pick a pass. Mm. He looks really composed on the ball. Yeah. Can I just say one more thing? Actually, see, we're talking about like, slagging off Harry. I can't believe they've signed somebody called Rudy and gave him the number five and one. As your squad number. I can't believe I forgot to mention that. I messaged <laughs> him about that. That was a better. Uh, I did get a WhatsApp message. Yeah, the, the club, so, like the, the PR team at the club tend to know what they're doing. They can get some uh, social media conversations on the go. But since we're taking the piss at each other, Scott, um, John, after Aberdeen have spent money this year, um, if he's finished in the top six, would you consider it to be a miracle? Or is it only Angie Postacoglu that can work miracles in Scottish football these days? No, the only miracle be him finishing top six. Um... Hey. <laughs> nah, we've not spent millions like you, mate. We've we've kept within our in our realm, so we'll be fine when we finish third. In fairness, yeah. you didn't really agree to half them signings; they just sort of happened. Uh, but I think I think Paul touched on earlier the fact to like see if as a as a Scottish team, if you can develop your young players and then sell them on. See if we've taken an eight million and we've reinvested what maybe just under a quarter of it. Is that bad business? To be fair, it's then, quite what, then you just repeat the model, hopefully. You've got Connor Barron, who's already been linked with the likes of Celtic, moves down south, abroad. That's not Ooh. a bad business model. If you can get money in and then spend a wee bit, maybe that's eventually where we'll see our team potentially run Rangers and Celtic a bit closer. See, uh, transfer fees don't even mean that much, really. When you, it's it's overall cost to players is the big thing. And I think that's what's that's what's been a big problem for, well, for lots of teams and hearts in the past. Um, I know Aberdeen 
had the wage bill pretty high. I don't know what it is this season, but I, from what I understand, Cormac's keen to keep spending. Hibs were starting to throw a bit more money about. Um, it's not even the transfer fees that add up, even if it's half a million quid. It's start paying players closer to 10 grand than five grand. That's when um, over the course of a year, two years, three years, that it all adds up. So I think if you can find a player in a league where maybe they only earn, I don't know, three grand a week, and I have no idea what they earn. I'm just throwing a number out there and you can pay half a million quid for them and they're a good prospect and you pay them four or five grand a week. Sometimes that might be better business than having to pay seven, eight grand a week on a player who's a free transfer from another Scottish or English club. So sometimes transfer fees don't mean that much. And I think that's why a lot of clubs, I don't know if you've seen this, how a lot of clubs do it in their accounts. And it's probably getting a bit boring but they don't um it doesn't it doesn't get declared as a single figure it gets spread out over the course of the deal so it doesn't just say in like your accounts you spent a million quid on a player some clubs will do it that it gets spread out over the three years that that player contract is as well as their salary costs so sometimes i think that's why a lot of clubs don't declare fees especially at levels where it gets scrutinized so um Yeah, I think it's the overall cost of your um, of your team, both wages, signing fees, transfers. It's the big thing. To be honest, I mean, it's just it's just I, I, I think it's quite refreshing to see Scottish clubs actually spending some money. To be honest, the one thing we've got going for us is Cormac cares about the club because he's a supporter. It's not like a situation when you had. He's a bit of a sack, though, isn't he? Well, he he's different, isn't he? As a chairman, he's different. Um, Whitest teeth you'll ever see, Dave Gormack. <laughs> um, just to touch on what um, Laurie was saying there, I reckon that Rangers could have used you back in 2012, mate, because that was that was quite good going with the economics and <laughs> <in> that. <laughs> was um, it player amortiz- amortization, whatever you call it? <laughs> um, Ross, what were you wanting to say? I'm just continuing on from Laurie's point there. I think that's what. Um, I think we've tried to do, um, I think the club's trying to set up to, I think we've used a bit of the top six money from last season, looked to a different market in Canada, brought in a couple of players on long-term deals who won't have been earning as much across there. And if they hit the ground running, they do well, they can then get sold on for a fee. Um, you know, I think one of the, like a bugbear of, of, of a few fans up here was, you know, when we sold... Jackson Irvin and, and Liam Boyce years ago, we probably I don't know if they were sold for a lower fee than what we would have liked to have had them sold for. I think Boyce went for about 400, 500 grand down to England. And I guess now with other players moving down to England or moving abroad for bigger fees at a young age and things like that, I guess it'll just be interesting to see how other clubs from other leagues come in and try and sign players on four what fees, depending on lengths of deals and things like that. Because um, Charles Cook probably would have been open to a, a, a few clubs would have come in f- uh, for him during the summer if he was still under contract. But that was one that was like uh, let go for free because he was out of contract. So um, I'll just be interesting to see, I guess. Yeah, uh, Andy, what were you wanting to say at that point? It's just uh, listening to a few of the lads, uh, you know, in terms of the player, players uh, that our own teams may be interested in, you know, but not buying cheap, but just bring, bringing players in and, and selling on for a certain amount of money or value or whatever. 
I don't know if Scott would agree. Uh, be it, you know, obviously Rangers and Celtic being the higher spenders in the league. It's I think it's there is a big difference. Medical in, workers, medical workers. <laughs> there there is a big do, difference. They still do it though. You look at what Joe Aribo came in for what three hundred thousand. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And the likes of Aribo, for him. You know, Bassi, um, the likes of Glenn Kamara who may may go on for, you know, a, a decent fee at, at some stage or whatever it might be. Even even Morelos signing Morelos for one minute and and we could get whatever it may be. You know, I think that's just the the difference in class and and the difference in money. Uh, with you know, and and I include Rangers and Celtic as well as any other Scottish team. It's just the difference in class and money, as as we all know, between even the likes of Scottish football and League League One, League uh, Championship level, and, and English Premier League level. It's just it's bizarre now. You know the the amount of money transfer fees and stuff that the teams spend, and, and I know sort of you know Rangers do have. Money, more money to spend than, than others clubs in, in Scotland, you know, as well as Celtic as well. But I'm just saying the the difference, the difference in the money between the likes of English football at a lower level and, and Scottish Premier League level is is unreal. You know, it's just getting out of hand. Yeah. Unfortunately, but that's that's modern day football, I suppose. Especially in- aye, there's Championship it. clubs in Scotland that can pay better wages than we can. So let's put that in perspective, what we're up against. <laughs> what I can say is if you want a guaranteed good investment, use the code SFF for 20% off at Manscaped. So let's see how else we've done this. I'm trying to remember the website. No, um, uk.manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping off your products. Um, obviously, the summer, pretty hot. Down below, get a wee bit sweaty, so... That's a good investment. You don't want sweaty balls on holiday or anywhere else for that matter. Um, or then if you're getting teabagged by what's it? What's his name? Jake the Baddy. Jake the Baddy. What's the UFC guy? Baddy the Baddy. Baddy the Baddy. That makes more sense than it than Jake the Baddy. Eh? Um, so yeah, get your dust. You you Jake the Snake, son. You just seen the line. <laughs> there. Jake the Snake lies it ties in nicely with the landscape, doesn't it? Um, so I get your discount. Use the code. Get involved um, with that one. Um, I should say as well, fancy football, you guys playing or not this year? Get your team involved. Fancy football in Scotland. Um, you can either go on the front page with a classic league, our league is there, or use the code SFFPL. You get your team in, Scott, you said? Uh, I put mine in yesterday, mate. It seems a bit of carry on, but you need to keep making different teams for different leagues as well. Eh? I, I think they've messed up a wee bit. And they were mm. trying to get a wee bit of money involved as well, I think, and they've not got the license for it. Anyone else play fantasy football? I think Jay. Yeah, yeah, I've got a team. I think. I've got like, I thought I did one like two weeks ago, and then I sent the text the other day. Like, Where the fuck's your team, dickhead? Well, what happened is they've, <laughs> they've added our league to the, the, the front page again. So I'd set up a league not knowing what they were going to do, and then that league's getting scrapped now, hopefully, now and then the, the one in the front page that's wanting to join. There is prizes. So Supernova Terraceware are going to sponsor it again. So there will be a prize for first place and also second place. We've got surprise shots on board as well. So both of them, check them out as well. I bought a pair of these cargo shorts, so that's really good. 
Yeah, it's uh, fair boys from over there as well. Aye, it's good. Aye, they're all good quality. So, aye, mm. check it out. So, overall, we're pretty excited about the season. Unless you're Harry. Harry's away now. Like, he's delusional. Uh, <laughs> see, uh, see it all, honestly. I think it's just, on a, I know it's July and it's only been from, from May. It, it'll just be great to see football back on the TV. You know, and, and even more so Scottish football because... Obviously, we all love our own teams and stuff like that. But you know, watching watching old games or whatever it might be, there's been there's been no you know, given the World Cups in the winter here, and I think it's just going to be a complete shit show in all honesty. But um, given there was no major tournament and stuff like that there in the summer, you're just sort of waiting until your teams are back in the Premier Sports Cup or friendly games or whatever you're. Obviously, this weekend's the, where it all happens, and, and it'll be great to get back to games and watching on TV or whatever it may be. Watching that massive that massive Rangers against Queen of the South tie that was obviously <laughs> obviously the the big draw for that next round. I don't know why they don't just have I don't know why Premier Sports don't just have their contract as we will show each Rangers and Celtic game live on TV, and we could ah. just. That Not being in the bush and wait for them to announce it. That clearly has part of the contract. There's no doubt about it. I think so. I think it's we'll show 15 minutes of a Rangers game on Premier Sports, and then the rest is just fucking the electricity goes out or BBC News or whatever it might be. They're showing Premier Sports is an absolute shambles. In all honesty, the fact they don't even have a highlights package of any of the stuff as well is ridiculous. I got they didn't even tweet anything, did they? No. Did I someone say that even on the Saturday they had? Almost all the games were played on a Saturday. Loads of teams went out, loads of teams went through, and they didn't mention it. I've got Premier Sports, and the only thing I've seen from them was an email once the group stage just finished, and it was like highlights of like about five different games that had been played. Like some of them had been played like two weeks ago. And you're like, really? They get none of them involved Tibbs then. If it was a highlights package, I think it did. <laughs> Falkirk beating Hibs. It's all right. We can keep it for uh, if you're if you're like Ross, what do you want to say? Sorry. Um, just touching on like Andy's point there when he was talking about getting getting back to games and things like that. I think it's going to be interesting to see attendances in in grounds and things this year because obviously the like the streaming sites and the uh, the pay per view packages that clubs were offering that's now that's now finished if I'm right. So it'd be interesting, I guess, to see uh, a reflection of in the grounds, you know, hopefully there'll be bigger home crowds, bigger away crowds travelling the games now as well, because it's not the it, it was nice and easy that you could just kind of pay the the match fee just to watch the game at home. But it'll be interesting just to see grounds a bit fuller as well and hopefully the quality on, on display as well kind of warrant that too. We've got we've got over 15,000 season ticket holders this season. So like even Saturday's game against your team, yeah. there are no home tickets. People are having to pay hospitality now, so there should be 20,000. Um, so that's the only thing is there's like, people will struggle to get match tickets for Hearts yeah. games this season. But that's a good <laughs> um, thing. That's what you want in a way. Like, it is. It is. A, yeah. You've got that constant support. That money's there like at the start of the season. And always, it's a big gripe of mine when, and it's not necessarily Scott or, or Andy, but I see some Rangers and Celtic fans and they moan when other teams cut their allocation. It's like... It's, of course it's nice. It's, if, obviously teams want to have their own fans there and it's up to... And see, if I was a Celtic or Rangers fan and I felt like, but then 
if they open up more sections at another time, they just don't go. But I always, I'm always, always surprises me that they get so worked up and say as if other teams shouldn't try to increase their home capacity if they can. But I think the bigger um, thing on that one, which I can understand to a point, is when you get clubs that are not a hope of selling out the ground. Oh, we're about to give away then, another half of our main stand. But uh, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, but, you, lot, you lot often give three, three or four stands to us when we go there. So. <laughs> but that's the, the flip side of the argument is if you didn't let like Ranger or Celtic or any club have like three stands, it's basically like a home game for them. But is it the money? You balance the money against that. It's and maybe but, potential trouble that comes with it, like the policing and all that extra stuff that maybe comes with it. I think we. I think I figured out we we'd lose if we gave away, say, a stand behind the goal, for example. I think that would cost the club about two hundred, three hundred grand a year, or something like that. With the old fund, like having guaranteed, you'll have three games against them. But if you got a fourth as well, so like for a club like us, you can't do that. It makes no sense to go and have probably two men in a dog and that stand behind the goal. I get that as well. I get that as well, but I think if clubs can try and do it, then but anyway. right, Hearts deserve credit for like selling out season tickets. See, see, in terms of the argument, no, I, I get both sides. I think it's actually more to do with the fact that it's hard to even get tickets for Celtic Rangers away games as it is. It's hard to get involved in that because buses take the kind of the main pool of the tickets. Um, I think that's where the frustration comes. But you see the other side of the argument as well. You don't really... Like, you wouldn't want more, more fans in the way end than there is in the home end. Because there is an unfair advantage in it. But, yeah, there is a both sides of it. We get that as well with, with like, the derby coming up. There's loads of fans moaning already because they don't have enough loyalty points. Because we have a loyalty points thing and it's gone for years. Um, and when it comes to big away games, so the Derby or if we're doing well and it's even Rangers and Celtic if we're doing well, it's sometimes slightly points for those games you have to have a certain cut off to get them and fans will always moan but you've, you've got to, if you've got 15,000 season ticket holders and there's a, an away game that has only 4,000 you're going to have to cut it somewhere if we, if we did a loyalty points scheme, folk on negative points would be guaranteed a ticket. <laughs> it's the whole thing is though that you can't actually get yourself up the ladder with Celtic Rangers now because you've got boys that have been gone for years and years, but they don't even take up their own tickets. It's basically the buses holding them off play the, the tickets. Well, I don't know about Rangers actually because I think they've actually got a different kind of scheme kick on now. But in terms of Celtic, they the affiliation, they take the majority of the tickets. Yeah. And even if the boys that are that's name is on it, if they're not gone, the bus still takes the ticket and just sells it on its tail. I was going to say, up. yeah, there's a few a few people mentioned that today with the Hibs game because folk with enough points will buy or use their reference and give it to someone. Mm-hmm. So there's people on Twitter going, if anyone needs, I'm, I'm, I'm working that for the Derby so you can take mine. And a few people are saying, so I'll get to go to the Derby but I still won't get points for it. So I'll be in the same position next time and that person who couldn't go still gets the points and they still get ahead. But it's just what it's it's a, probably as another podcast altogether is what do you do then? Because you need to there needs to be something and the folk who actually travel around and go to all the games when it whether it's good or shite are kind of the ones that I guess should get preference, but at the same time then how do you get into that list? And I guess it's much harder for for Rangers or Celtic than it is for for hearts of the other teams. 
Mm. You're basically penalised though if you do go as a fan, as a supporter yourself, as opposed to being part of a bus. I used to like go be part of an Aberdeen supporters club. I didn't go every week, but pretty much if I wanted a ticket for any game, I knew I could get one because I was in a sports club. You got probably you got to reward loyalty. Folk are going every week, I think. Yeah, I'm on about it if um if I ever stop commenting for Hearts because I've not paid to go to Hearts game in about <laughs> ten years now, so I've got zero loyalty points. Um, before we finish up, folk to plug a couple of things. So you and plug your podcast. Yeah, Talk Livy uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, find us on all the usual podcast sites, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube as well. So, yeah, subscribe. Don't miss an episode if you want to listen to me prattle on about Livingston FC. Um, Laurie, obviously you've got a couple of things in the fire. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the main thing is our Hearts podcast, Scarves Around the Funnel, um, which, well... <laughs> One of our one of our hosts now plays for Norrie's team, so let's see how that pans out. Um, our very own Andy Halliday, as things stand, no, but it's myself, Mark Donaldson of ESPN, and uh, Ryan McGowan, who might not be on every week this season. We'll see how that works out. Um, but we, yeah, we get Robin Nielsen's been on four times now actually, and we get a few of the players come on as well. So yeah, we chat shit about hearts and get a few guests on. So yeah, it's all good. You can find us on all the usual podcast apps and. If you're ever tuning into your team's playing at Tyne Castle and you go and he's goal, which I would never commit to, that's that's a terrible thing to do. If you do it, then you'll probably have to put up with me. Sorry. And then Ross, you were inspired by being on the podcast last season for your yes. first ever podcast um, appearance. You've now created a podcast, haven't you? Yes. So we've got the pages set up and we're just getting the last couple of bits in for in place for the podcast. So um it's uh, called the County Corner, so um, it's on Twitter and Instagram just now. So, uh, hopefully, get that up and going, up and running in the next couple of weeks. The content's been good so far. We give it a follow. I was quite enjoying some of the, the stuff for the videos and stuff like that. So it looks good. Looks oh, cheers, good. thank you. It's just just me waffling on about county is what I'm quite good at. So we'll see how it goes. Um, we've done that for like twelve years, just waffling about teams. It seems to work. Andy, totally. you got anything to promote? Uh, no, Joel. Uh, don't not not as of yet. Um, I'm hoping that at some stage, uh, getting a bit of something on the go in, in the next year or two. Who, who knows what it may be? But uh, obviously, listening to, to some of the guys, you know, doing, doing your own stuff and, and on here, it would be nice to to go down that road of uh, something like that. You know, obviously there's a lot of Rangers stuff out there, but and, and it's great to listen to as well. But uh, who knows? Something, something may come up in the in the future, but not not as of yet. Scott, you you promote anything just now? Yeah, uh, no, I knew, mate. But Scott McGill on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you want to find me on, and I'm there. And you are playing. Yes. You playing a gig last night. Ah, uh, Monday night. That's pub gigging for you, isn't it? Playing all the time, man. Gubbed. And by the way, see, we're talking about like cost of living. I've been getting the same money for the last ten years. It's never went up, mental. But anyway. Uh, well, let's not talk about cost of living, and wages, and all that type of thing. Uh, Jeff, what are you promoting? Depends who pays me the most. Um, uh, what am I promoting? Oh, Scott will go mental if I don't mention this. So, yeah, read the game podcast because he'll go off his fucking head if I don't mention this. Um, what's, what's happened with that? Because we're like two episodes and then. 
Right. Well, what happened to that is my laptop, uh, what's the best bit there, died because it's a piece of shit. So uh, all the recordings were saved on the hard drive. Oh, managed. dear. Oh, this is a heart attack moment for anyone that's ever done a podcast in their life. So all my recordings were on my hard drive and my laptop. My laptop genuinely decided that it didn't like living anymore because it was a bit shit. Uh, so I've had to uh, get a new laptop. But I had to try and get off the old hard drive through things that I don't think are illegal. I think they're perfectly legal to get them off the old hard drive onto the new hard drive and then have a fight with Acast to get them onto the system. So yeah, the uh, Daniel Story podcast is out tomorrow slash Thursday when I get around to actually doing it when I'm not working. And then we've got Michael Cox and we've got a few other people in the next couple of weeks coming up. Cool. Yeah, listen, these people are apparently clever. Most of the time, it's just laughing at Scott for saying he used to be a Rangers fan. Which is now a drinking game. It is now a, <laughs> it is now a drinking game for everyone now. What's that group? Um, right, okay. Well, I think that's a wrap for this evening. We've done not bad. We've managed to keep it under two and a half hours, which for the amount of people we had on is pretty good. So thanks to everyone, as always, for coming on the podcast. Some of you will see more often than not. I'm talking Scott and Jeff, obviously, as regulars of the show. And then the rest of you, if we don't have you on before the mid-season podcast, hopefully you're a ton. We would like to do some fan specials for some of you. We did one with Andy last year, which Andy is very good. Wasn't it? Yeah, man, it was brilliant. I, I really enjoyed it. So did. And, and also some of the questions from uh, some of the, the people who, who come on here was very, very good. Um, so it's something we enjoy doing. I enjoyed them particularly. I like hearing the opinion of the fans. Um, and how to get into football, memories, different things like that. Uh, much as it's hard at times, it was a one-on-one with you and me, and some of your memories obviously included victories against us, so that wasn't as nice, but uh, still a good chat. So, um, Cheers, guys, and all the best for the season. It's set when you play for Aberdeen, or play against Aberdeen even. Cheers, cheers thank you. Cheers. All the best. Cheers, guys. Speak to you later.